Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. Welcome to episode 139 of Beer the Podcast. We are in a building, and uh, no, this is not a link-up episode. You see, Tiff, see the link-up? I come for, everyone's special, but I come for certain, certain ones. Yeah. I love everyone equally. I know. Okay? I know. But they know. There's just some that i got to be a part of, so here I am, okay? Just out here. Just out here today for this, because um, we're doing something really, really fun. We and are. And I would have too much FOMO if I missed out on it. And I really want to hang out with this person. So here I am, guys. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I respect well, I'm, it. I'm having suspense here. I'm building suspense for you. You are. You are yeah. indeed. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So you guys might remember we did an episode with Michelle Tam back on. I should have had this before. I looked it up the other day. It was earlier this year. Oh, episode 110. Um, wow, even like pre-populates. That's awesome. And um, if you all listen to or watch that episode, that was a, a beer education episode. We were focusing on that one on like uh, on the Cicerone side of things, like the beer serving and tasting and the whole kind of experience. So what we're doing tonight is like an unofficial part two to that on the flip side, on the brewing side and getting a little bit more detailed on the beer ingredients and sort of how it all works. And we've even got some props here. I don't know if we can call them props. They're real things. They're not fake. <laughs> But uh, something that we just haven't done before. This is completely different for us. And um, like Tiff said, this is this is super fun. I'm very much looking forward to this. So uh, please welcome beer educator, Kim Lucas. In the beer. Oh, yeah. Love that laugh. Love that. Kim, welcome. <laughs> so nice to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. It is a pleasure. Uh, like I was saying, you know, this is this is very cool. This is something different. Um, we connected recently through someone who we work with in our agency, a good like your closest friend, Rhea, who is a gem of a human. So shouts to Rhea for uh, making it happen. And um, yeah, we had a chat. We met up yesterday to get all the stuff. And this is going to be super fun. There's a lot of synchronicities in just the fact that you, you have a personal relationship with Michelle from uh, our other podcast I was mentioning before, which is even cooler, completely unintentional uh, from the inten- from what we tried to do here. So tonight is going to be fun. Let's get the first beer going and then we'll get into your history and then we'll do the full tasting because the, the pod is going to be separated into three parts tonight and you'll see why very shortly. Um, shall we kick off the first one? All right. Yes. Beautiful. So the first beer we are going to taste uh, is Bench uh, Brewing Company, their Lincoln Lager. Hey, go. Thank you. Let me hold that up to the screen so I can see. There we go. Crispy boy, the best way to start off. <laughs> so uh, I don't think I've had this one. This is a 4.4 yep. um, lager. Yep. Tell us uh, about this one. All right. So this one is um, probably their their most easy drinking beer. It is a um, Hellas style. So okay. um, just really nice, big, bready aromas. We've got um, a 
you know, more subdued hop in there, classic of that style. So just going to get a little bit of those kind of herbal hop aromas as well. Um, but yeah, just really nice, easy drinking, pretty simple, not a ton of ingredients. We will get to that a little bit later, but just something nice and fresh, uh, and, uh, yeah, refreshing for the first one, I guess. So cheers. It's perfect. (laughs) Cheers. Oh, just on the photo. Get that in you. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Hellas, do you know the hops in it? Yep. Um, so we use uh, our Centennial hops. We actually have a state hop, so um, a little. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Uh, we yeah, so we've got a nice hop yard on, uh, at Bench, and um, we have a state Centennial hop. So we actually try to use those in the in the various <laughs> in the various um, beers that we that we brew as much as possible. And then um, we've got a Saphir hop uh, in that as well. So that's going to provide okay. that really nice kind of herbal hop aroma, like a light citrusy wood as well, but very light on that. Um, but yeah, so those are the two hops in this one. Um, this is a malt forward beer and we'll get to what all that means yes. <laughs> in a little bit. Um, but so we're really going to see that, that malt uh, sitting in the front, front seat of this beer um, where that hop is kind of just like a nice, little subtle note um but it really just adds to to the um adds to the beer so love it yeah, yeah. this is this is fantastic um it's, it's perfect for this so like we were saying earlier we're going to break this up into three sort of segments um malt hops and yeasts but right before we get into like the a more in-depth tasting of this beer um kim can you just like break down your personal history in beer like how you got into beer the various places that you've um, you've worked, um, yeah, all those different uh, things to just sort of give people an understanding of sort of uh, how you know you got into beer education. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was uh, quite the ride. I think uh, <laughs> I have a lot of interests, so I you know I started. I had a science degree from university, and then I did a public relations degree. And then I was did event planning for years. That's where I met our our, our mutual uh, friend Ria. There we go. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So you started event so planning. So was in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we traveled the world actually together, the two of us. So had an That's epic awesome. job. But then uh, <laughs> met my husband. Decided that uh, maybe I want to stick around a little bit more. So not travel as much. So um, I loved beer. I think I was. Uh, I went to high school in Montreal and like it was Coors Light everywhere. Everyone was drinking Coors Light. You go to any party, it was full of Coors Light. Yeah. And I was always that one being like, okay, what else can I get from the depaner, you know? Yeah. So I'd go and uh, <laughs> go and I would, uh, I was the like idiot that was like, oh, we're going to play beer pong and I'm going to bring Fain Simone, which is like uh, oh, yeah. nine, 9%? 9% I can't even remember. Like, it's nine, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I wanted to dabble in different things Dangerous. and try different things at that point. But um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of like, oh, what was that beer? It was like a beer and like juice. It was like, called, oh, Tornad. Have you ever like heard of that? It was the most disgusting. I think it was like gray in color. It was disgusting. <laughs> but I was trying. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to like, you know, try different things. But like the accessibility to like good craft beer was not great for uh, what like I don't even know how old I was in yeah. living in a smaller town so um yeah so <laughs> yeah I had some questionable beer uh taste but then um moved to Ontario for school for university and things like that and then it, it just became a little bit more accessible to try different things so um started really getting into it and uh you know uh, more and more that I thought about it I was like 
like beer is perfect for somebody that has a science background is into like events and being social and like that PR world and everything. And it kind of just like all fell together for me. So, um, you know, I did big dreams. It was like, I'm going to open my own brewery, you know, like every, <laughs> every person that's like, Oh, let's do this and whatever. So, um, I went, I applied for Niagara college, uh, and for their brewing program. And then, um, was successful, got in, was super, super jazzed to do that. Um, I'm definitely one of those people that likes to go all in. So I didn't want to just, you know, learn about beer. Uh, I was doing my Prudhomme at the time. Um, so I, I was, you know, I needed to know everything. I needed to know how everything works. So uh, I went to Niagara College, learned a ton about like the business of beer, um, making beer, of course, um, all that fun stuff. So um, I realized after a lot of my friends had opened their own craft breweries and all the time and money they put into it, I was like, maybe I'll go work for somebody for a while and, <laughs> you know, get a paycheck. So um, that was kind of how I started. And while I was in school, I was working in uh, the tap room and for and in events for uh, Great Lakes Brewery. So I started off there, okay. started off with um, some some awesome beers, obviously like solid IPAs, like really great, um, learning environment. Um, so yeah, that was, that was great. I worked there, um, during school and then I got a, an offer to work at Junction Brewery. So, uh, they had an opening for a brewer. So I obviously was like, let's do this. Um, I had graduated, uh, school, so I was ready to jump right in. Um, so I worked for Junction Brewery. What uh, they were that? at Ooh, damn with the years. All right. Um, 2017 <laughs> or 18, I think it was. Yeah. So okay. I worked, uh, yeah, I worked for junction and then, so I was bringing on the floor and then I kind of, we kind of made, or I kind of pitched an idea of doing, we were doing a lot of contract brewing. So I then, took on uh, a job doing, uh, I think I called myself the contract brew liaison. So uh, basically managing all of those, uh, making recipes for certain contract clients, um, basically all the scheduling and all that stuff, procuring of all the ingredients, all that, all that fun stuff. So did that for a while and then uh, got us an opportunity at uh, Mill Street Brewery. So then I was at Mill Street for four years and I think I had four different jobs in the four years. I am definitely one of those people that just wants to learn all the things and learn more and more. Um, so started doing um, more kind of almost like working in the brew pub system. So still staying in that like kind of craft innovative space. So really just like getting involved with that, doing some more procurement stuff, um, you know, some admin stuff, some um, ver various tasks, um, and then getting more involved in like the innovation process and like, scaling beers up from the brew pub level to like, um, like mass production, but like a larger scale production. Um, so I got to work on various different beers. I got to make some beers of myself, which was really great. One of, uh, one of my favorite beers that we actually got to make was, um, my buddy, uh, Thomas Madsen. He were, we went to school together at Niagara and we worked together at Mill Street. So we decided to make, uh, we made a watermelon wheat like it was like one of our first homebrews we made together while we were in at Niagara college. Mm -hmm. And we brought that to the brew pub and then it scaled, we scaled it up and it was, uh, it was, I think three or three years. Um, we sold that beer and it was in our mix packs and all the fun stuff. Oh, so it was cool. really cool to see the evolution of that beer. Like it was really, really That's special. Awesome. So yeah. So that was really fun. Um, yeah, we got to work on a bunch of, um, you know, 
different beers for different, uh, you know, I worked with Lemon, the drag queen, to bring back lemon tea. Um, so that yeah. was an initiative that I got to work on, which was really great. Um, it was kind of one of my one of my and my colleagues like love child. We were obsessed with drag race, and we uh, really wanted to do something great for Pride. So um, everyone was hounding us to bring lemon tea back. Um, so yeah, basically that was a really fun thing we got to work on. And then um, we also got to work on the uh, with the LCBO on their with their spirit and uh, of inclusive uh, spirit of inclusion initiative. That is what it's called. Um, we got to work on uh, a, a beer for that as well. And um, I don't know if we want to get into that right now, but <laughs> we can we can chat a little bit about that uh, yeah. as well. Um, Definitely, but uh, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, from there, I, I then kind of, again, kind of pitched a job for myself, uh, really interested in, um, education and teaching people. I love learning. So I love teaching. And honestly, I just love to nerd out and talk about beer and all the thing, all things beer. So, um, I kind of pitched this, uh, brewing and education, uh, specialist role, and then from there, it actually developed into a manager role. And I was doing all the education for all our staff at all of our brew pubs. So traveling between Toronto and Ottawa, doing all of that fun stuff. I did some internal um, internal things. Then, you know, pandemic hit and I was doing a bunch of tastings online, you name it. So it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a great, great experience. And, you know, just talking with people about beer all day. I mean, what what's better? So yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. like you guys know. <laughs> It's, yeah, that's okay. Sure. Yours is full time though, so it's yeah. interesting. That's cooler. <laughs> yeah, we're just on the adjacent thing. We, <laughs> nah. we get to talk to cool people like you who do it all day yeah, long. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, that's dope. And yeah. then, so you were at, and, and that's then, where you worked with Michelle, I imagine, because of yeah, the, yeah, exactly, yeah, amazing. Yeah, so Michelle, Michelle's really great, and like she's an amazing storyteller. She's really she comes from a culinary background, so she's like really good at the beer pairing and stuff. So like she would you know tell the story like it's like. Honestly, you just want to like melt into a puddle when she talks to you because she's like so like I mean, she's just so awesome. Um, and then I would like approach it from like the brewer's perspective, really be like, okay, this is like how we build beers. We did like uh, build a beer session with some of our like licensee um, cut like our customers. So we would be like, hey, come on, we can come brew like on our pilot system, and we would make like really cool beers that they would like make as a team. And we would I would help them build that beer, and we'd go through all the ingredients and stuff like that. So there's like some cool stuff that we did. For sure, and yeah, Michelle is is wicked. Definitely a mentor of mine. So it's uh, awesome. it's cool that you guys did uh, one with her as well. So yes, yeah. and you bring, used to do the other side. which is so perfect. <laughs> yeah. And you were doing tastings and sort of uh, educational sessions with like together with Michelle. Is that right? Yeah, we did it yeah. in. Um, yeah, we did it like. Like she was obviously leading some of the things we did a bunch of like videos and things together for like education purposes. And then um, we went to Ottawa and like tag teamed it for the Ottawa team there too. So yeah, it was really cool. That's yeah, dope. So that's really hence why this is like an informal part two to that since you guys already work together doing these sessions where she would, I imagine she would talk about the pairing and maybe tasting and then you would kind of talk about more the how it's made side. Yeah. Yep. Like a little bit of that. Yeah. And she's, and she's, she's got the hard job. She's got to figure out like, you know, how, we make all of our servers and things like care about <laughs> I never care that. about the beer and care about like why we should in her words give a shit so yeah. um yeah. yeah so it was uh yeah it's kind of cool like she's got the hard job i can just get to talk about beer so <laughs> That's awesome. and then you moved to bench i imagine somewhat 
in the last year or two? Yeah, I think I yep. started in May of this year. So yeah, okay, it hasn't fresh. been too long. So yeah, so doing a little bit of a different role, um, kind of back to those procurement roots, but managing the procurement department and also doing all the planning. So lots of Tetris, I call it. So lots of tank shifting, um, planning, basically all the brews, um, you know, making sure things come in, things go out, all that fun stuff. So um, a good challenge, definitely a good part of the business, just more like on the operation side, which is, gotcha. which is fun. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Different areas. It's Very kind of cool. It's something we try to educate people on in terms of uh, for our other project linked up where we're trying to let it be known really like, hey, just when we're talking about like you can get opportunities in craft beer, it's not just you brewing. There's so many other things that you can do, you know, on the finance side, on the operation side, like it's a cool industry and you get to, you can be in the industry without having to actually make the beer if that's not what you want to do. So I love that. Even you just say these things like there's so many fun and different opportunities that you can have within it, which is very, very cool. Um, it's so true. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, you know, procurement and planning and, you know, if you're organized and things like that, and like, it, honestly, a lot of my skills that I had from my, you know, event background are like translatable, right? So yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, and then, you know, we're always like I've worked with so many folks and like even when I was at Niagara College we were a lot of us were in our like second or third careers so we all have kind of like a base of all these different things that are so translatable mm. into like the brewing industry so it was just like you bring yes your education of beer but you also bring all of your other expertise so um like a lot of a lot of folks can can hopefully feel like they can, can get into the beer industry you know and not feel like it's too like, oh my gosh, I have to have a degree or, oh my gosh, I have to have, yeah. you know, education, formal education and things like that. Like I work with a ton of people that learned on the job and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, we want, we want more people from all different backgrounds because that's what's going to make us a diverse, like yeah. a diverse company, a diverse mindset. You know, if we all just said, yeah, 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 you know, it's, yeah. it's not going to challenge us. We're not going to make strides. So, yeah. It's boring. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Right. Um, very important to do that. So I love hearing that, uh, other companies and different people in the industry are, uh, you know, working towards that as well, which is great. So thank you so much for breaking all that down. Now, we didn't really talk about what we're going to do tonight. So you've curated uh, a series of beers and, you know, obviously beer is primarily uh, made up of four ingredients, five if you want to include cotton candy, I guess, or <laughs> cheesecake. Cereal. Cereal, yeah, yeah. donuts. Yeah, Reese's Pieces, yeah. Yeah, yeah all of that. <laughs> Highly put. But if we simplify it down a little bit, you know, uh, malt, hops, yeast, and water. So obviously we're not doing any water sommelierying this evening. I thought that would be interesting. <laughs> it would be fascinating. I think that's a hyper niche episode. But I know. Got um, my 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 uh, tap water here. So. There you go. It's important. You got to balance. So obviously we're drinking a lager. Lagers are malt forward. So the first segment, it would be malt, which is sick. So... Mm -hmm. I'll, however you want to go about it, do you, do we want to, do we need the ingredients? Should we go through a bit more of an in-depth tasting of this beer or, or however you want to run it? We are, uh, we're ready. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's do a tasting of the beer. So make sure our beer doesn't get too, too warm over here. Cause you want to yes. enjoy your lagers nice and cold. Um, so basically when I run through, uh, my tastings, uh, usually I show you how to pour the beer, but, uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys are experts at that. Um, but yeah, I will, I'll, we'll show you on the next one, but, yes. uh, very important to pour, pour your beer into a glass. A lot of people don't know, obviously the carbon dioxide is released out of the glass and into your nose or in your olfactory senses. So 
really helps get those aromas of those beers and the aroma of this lovely beer. Let's take a nice sniff. We are getting a lot of that kind of uh, bready note, um, yep. bread and kind of crackery note, I would say. You know, this this beer itself has um, some two-row, so basically our base malt. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, base malts and all the different kinds of malts as I uh, go through this. Um, we'll actually taste some, too. We'll make you snack on some of those goodies yes. I got you. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so we got, of course, that really nice bready note, a little bit of that toasted bread note. There is a little bit of that. Um, say, toasty. Munich, yeah, a little bit of that Munich malt in there, too. Um, so a little bit of that kind of like uh, bread crust slash a little bit of a toasty crackery kind of note as well. There's also a little bit of, uh, so there's that saphir hop that we use. So a little bit of that um, herbal kind of hop characteristic, maybe a touch of citrus. So you'll get that on the nose as well. Um, then in terms of uh, smelling techniques, uh, there are a couple different smelling techniques. If you can believe it, we're going to tell you how to smell. Um, so <laughs> when we do judging things like that, you know, sometimes you're just doing so much uh or, and you're getting nose blind, or let's say, you know, your beer is really cold, or let's say, um, you know, it's a very delicate aroma, something like a lager that, that, that this is. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that the, like, if you are trying to um, smell the beer for tasting purposes versus drinking purposes, <laughs> you want to maybe warm it up a little bit so you can okay. release a little bit more of those aromas. Um, CO2 actually, like as, as beer warms up, CO2 carbon dioxide does not want to be in beer above a certain degree of temperature. So above five degrees Celsius, um, more CO2 will actually get released from the beer. So as it gets warmer, the more CO2 is going to be released, the more aromas are going to go into your olfactory senses. Um, and you can experience that beer in um, a better way because actually 80% of what we perceive as flavor is actually attributed to aroma. So very important. Like if you, yeah. So if you block your nose, my mom always said this when I was young, She's like, if you don't like it, block your nose and eat it. And I'm like, I mean, fair enough, because right. like yeah, you right. can't <laughs> taste it as, as well. So she's a smart lady. So um, very important to smell as you drink and experience that beer in that full way. Okay. Um, also really good if you're eating or if you just don't feel like getting bloated. When you, um, when you pour that beer into a glass, you're actually releasing a lot of that CO2. You're getting that aroma, as we said. But you're also releasing it into the atmosphere instead of going directly into your stomach. So this tiny little hole in the can, not much can come out of that little hole. So you're actually just drinking a ton of gas. And if you think about most beers, like 2.7, 2.5 uh, uh, volumes of CO2, that's a ton of gas you're putting into your stomach. So if you're trying to eat at the same time, you won't be able to eat as much. You won't be able to drink as much. And like, especially when I was teaching my staff, it was like, we want our customers to obviously eat and drink a lot, like, right. So in the restaurant business. So, um, but even at home, you know, you want to enjoy your stuff. You don't want to feel super bloated. So really important to pour it into a glass. So, um, that's always something that I like to like to state. I know a lot of people know these things already, but, um, always something to reiterate because it is very important. I feel like I see way too many people drinking out of cans. I'm always telling people like, get a glass, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I know. I must ask on that. Yeah. Just more just like I, you're doing it in the proper way. It was more just like you kind of experience the beer, I don't think, out of a can. Yeah, like see it too, right? It's like there's something where you need to see it and like you get all that scent coming to you and you don't get that. It's like drinking wine out of a bottle it would be so silly. So yeah. it's like, uh, except Heineken's <laughs> because it's okay. If well, you, you don't need to see it. Yeah, so, that's a fair point. Or Corona. So if you're like, you're like, oh, I get it. You <laughs> just, just, I'm just here to. It's a different intention. Yeah. 
yeah, different experience. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah we um, I did uh, pass over that. We, you, you segued it perfectly. So the appearance of the beer is actually very important too. So you know when we are when we are pouring into a beer, people you know drink with their eyes. So when you see a nice beer across the way and you're like, oh, that's got a nice head on it, looks very attractive, you're gonna want to order a beer. Like that is just very much how we are as human beings. If it doesn't have a head on it, maybe you're thinking it's flat or it's a cider or something like that. So, you know, you really, we do really drink with our eyes. So, um, you know, if we do take a look at our beer, we're seeing it's, you know, a nice um, kind of pale yellow, maybe even just a tiny bit like light gold. Um, The clarity should be quite high. It is a lager filtered style. Um, and then this one's been sitting a bit. We can rouse it a bit and get like a nice layering uh, foam collar on that uh, that beer as well. So we want it to have that nice foam collar so that we we know that it is not flat. We know that it will be nice and carbonated when we when we go drink it, which yeah. we will do next. <laughs> Take a sip. We go. Cheers. Cheers. I mean, I always say when you're tasting, always taste it. And then taste it again. <laughs> Very important because like, especially if it's your first beer of the night or the day or whatever you're doing, um, it's important to like acclimatize your mouth and the pH uh, of the beer. So take a sip and then take another sip and then we can mm. assess more the flavors. I was, it's interesting you said that. I find that I always, um, uh, I believe it's misperceiving beers as more bitter than they are on my first beer, regardless mm. of the style. And I've said that a lot when the reviews, I'm like, tastes really bitter right now. And I mean, obviously I'm drinking the whole thing and I typically review it in the beginning of the beer so that I can just enjoy it afterwards. And perhaps that's a flawed system being that the temperature changes, the beer changes. Um, so, and so sometimes I go and address it, but yeah, I always find that perceived, uh, bitterness is, is an issue. So one way around that would be to, is it like coating your mouth with like swirl it around or something? Is, is there a way around that? Um, I would say like, yeah, drink drink take a take a sip and then yeah do a little bit of you know moving it around in your mouth a little bit swallow take another sip and then see like if that if that does change it it is it is very much a like it because it is adjusting ph it's your body it's your mouth getting used to what you're putting into it i actually feel like i have the same response or sometimes if it's like overly sour or overly like at first shot, you're like, whoa. So like whenever you tell somebody to like, hey, I want you to taste this beer, you're at a restaurant, you know, you two are out for dinner and you're like, taste my beer, like always <laughs> taste it twice. My husband always is like, why are you drinking all my beer? And I'm like, yeah, but- uh, no, I have to taste it twice. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> but really, it's, it is important. And I used to like, it was so funny because I used to do like, um, like homebrew competition things and we'd have like our little tasting uh, booths and things like that. And all my friends would be like, I'm here. Give me your beer. And I was like, absolutely not go drink like other beer first and mm-hmm. then come to me. Cause I want you to experience the beer once you're like, when you, once you've like acclimatized. Drink other beer. Are you saying that like go drink some macro or something like that? Like if, are you talking like, no, I do mean, it? like no? yeah, I just mean like go drink. Obviously that don't like kill your palate on something crazy. Like go find a lager or go find a something that's like beer pH or whatever. So yeah, just to like, start 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 low and slow and then kind of move into i always made some funky beers so it's <laughs> like go taste something first and then gotcha. come taste my like guava goza or like whatever it was that i was like making people drink <laughs> so gotcha gotcha yeah okay yeah, that's cool yeah, yeah. that's good just, that's good to yeah, know because yeah. i always kind of thought yeah. it was just me a bit no one had ever really i guess i haven't done too many of these type of situations i just always thought oh, i guess it's 
just a part of the game. You have the first beer, it's a bit weird than all the rest of them are, but it's good to know. It's actually just a thing. Like it is yeah. just a, mm. a part of it. Yeah. And tasting it twice. Yeah. So I'm going to always pay attention to that because I think I only do that when I'm like, ooh, I kind of like this. What's happening? And then I taste it twice, <laughs> maybe like if someone says, yeah. try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I like have yeah. a beer, then I'll always taste it. I'll drink it twice or sip it twice. But yeah, I think like now when you say like, hey, try this, I like this often and I'm do. like, cool. yeah, yeah. But Nine, then like, I should mm. like, yeah. 100 percent of the time that's what you do yeah, yeah. actually unless you're right unless you no, really yesterday like yesterday when you gave me that stout i was like oh this is nice and then I yeah that's true so that's depends. true yeah yeah but i like that <laughs> that's good to know okay yeah um and then so when you are tasting this um there are a couple like i mean you can obviously taste it swirl around your mouth do that um like integration of oxygen is also good for getting those little flavors so um there's also like the retronasal technique which i'm not sure if you guys have done much of so when you nope. um so you like take a, a breath in and then you uh, take a sip, you swallow the beer and then you breathe out through your nose. So um, make sure that you swallow before you breathe out your nose or else you're going to have a hard time and beer everywhere. <laughs> so breathe in. Interesting. Yeah. So I do a really annoying thing and people probably hate me when I do beer judging, mm. but I like take a sip <laughs> and I make that annoying noise (laughs) (laughs) because I find that it helps like integrate oxygen a little bit and I can get a little bit more sense of like what those delicate flavors are, especially when it's something like this that doesn't have a lot going on. It's a very like subtle aroma and flavor, right? So you really want to get those notes. A lot of people say that when they do the natural nasal, they'll get a lot of like a lot more of those nuanced, um, flavors and aromas which is kind of cool and sometimes you'll get something completely different on the retronasal that you did on your tasting like it's so so cool so um practice that practice that at home that's your homework um, <laughs> i feel like everyone so, will be down yeah 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 <laughs> so it is kind of like this this hella style is a little bit more like i'm a, i'm more of a pilsner drinker let's say so a german style pilsner a little bit more of that bitter side of things um mm-hmm. for a pilsner style um and so this one to me is like you know it's got that really kind of sweet bready kind of upfront yes. note um it is still very like refreshing and there's like you know a little bit of that balanced hot bitterness but um it's mostly that grainy um bready toasty um you know white wonder bready kind of note um and then on the like finish it is still quite nice and dry like it is still you know a lager it's going to be nice and dry and crisp and you know we want people to drink a lot of this so we want the finish to be nice quick clean uh crisp and then move on and have another sip kind of thing so that Mm -hmm. is that is kind of this beer um in in a nutshell in lager in general a lot of different you know light lighter lighter paler lagers let's say so that's awesome i like Mm -hmm. i like doing this stuff i was like this is what we were saying to you yesterday like i feel like there's probably a lot of people who are watching and listening who have you know had thousands of different beers but how often do you really you don't think about it that like you think about it you maybe untapped or i do little reviews and i know there's a bunch of people who do that but like this type of tasting and like a technique or you know that thing with wine where you lean forward and you like suck back on like a white wine like you it like turns it around in your mouth so then it Mm -hmm. releases some like things like that yeah it's Mm -hmm. cool just to like be like oh yeah you could probably try that and there's things that maybe a lot that you could integrate into your regular beer drinking just to get a bit more of you know you do it even if you're among friends just to through your own head what you're drinking a bit and probably makes you slow down a little bit too and then you enjoy it a bit more because you're like really taking it in 
for that first period. It's a good point. Instead of just like sipping and be like, cool, and I'm just drinking. But if you take a second, you get to like appreciate it more. So um, I think that's cool because then I like stopped and really thought about what's happening in the beer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. Okay. Cool. All right. So, so then, do we want to try some yeah. some malt? <laughs> so I got uh, I made our our lovely brewers help me with this, and they they got some uh, different malts for us to try. So when we're talking about malts, um, you know, this is our malt forward beer. Obviously, malt is uh, the first thing you're going to taste, the first thing you're going to smell. That is what is going to make up the majority of the flavors um, that you're going to see in a malt forward style. So it is coming from malt. Malt. What is malt? Malt is (laughs) a lot of different things, but the main malt and with the malt that we have here today is um, barley. So it's made from barley. So barley goes through this malting process. Um, Basically, they uh, take the barley grain, they soak it, and it germinates. And then they basically starts to sprout like a little plant. And in doing that, it creates those nice starches we need um, for for the sugar that we need to make beer. Um, And then basically gets dried out. So from there, there's a couple different ways that we can... um, kind of manipulate malt or the maltsters do this for us and it just shows up in nice bags for us brewers but uh, they do all the hard things that we yeah Yeah. and it just turns up like this um so we don't have to worry yeah about a lot of these different things but yeah so there is uh four main big groups of malts and so the base the base malt is um the majority of the malt that we use in a lot of beers base malts in every single beer it is the one that has the most sugars um for us for the yeast to convert into alcohol so very important (laughs) uh we also have uh kilned malts so kiln malts are um basically uh dried dried malts and they're dried at various temperatures various times um and they can really range in color in that way too so um where the base malt uh similar to like lager is going to give us those bready kind of notes um the kiln malt is the other malt that is in the lincoln lagers that more that toasty note okay so more of that it's been you know it's been killed for longer at a little bit higher temperatures. So it's got more of that toasted bread, like literally like putting bread in your toaster. So think about it as like that. And then there's crystal or caramel malts, um, which are my favorite because a lot of my beer style, (laughs) a lot of my favorite beer styles have them. Um, So crystal malts are really cool because you actually like soak it or stew it in water. And then um, some of that sugar gets extracted and surrounds the outside of that uh, barley kernel. And um, actually it, it is then heated up um, to high, high temperatures and it, the sugars from that barley malt actually crystallize on the outside of the, um, of the uh, barley malt uh, kernel itself, which is really cool. And then roasted malts um, are, you know, more of that dark roast. So they actually go through roasters, similar to like coffee. So a lot of people equate roasted malts with those flavors of coffee, dark chocolate, things like that as well. So today, um, we I brought you guys some two-row. So that's, I think it's all labeled there for you. So two-row is, is our base malt, okay? So okay. two-row is the base malt that we use at Bench as our, as our base malt for all beers. This is actually, like, a lot of people don't really know that this makes up um, somewhere like 80 to 100% of a grain bill for most beers because this is the main sugar source. All that it's been done is that it was uh, germinated and then dried, and that's it, okay? So there hasn't been manipulated in any other way other than 
basically creating those starches and then dried. Okay. Okay. So what we're going to get is basically the most basic taste of the grain out of this malt. So you can actually like just go ahead and snack on some. <laughs> when we have busy brew days, we don't uh, we don't we don't eat lunch as brewers. So we just snack <laughs> on. <laughs> oh man, this is actually pretty nice. Is it yeah. cool? It's like crunchy. Yeah, yeah, really crunchy. It's like popcorn, so, but malty. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It kind of tastes like there's like you know Jamaican that malt beverage, that malt drink. Ooh. You know what I'm talking about, Kim? There's like they're mm-hmm. like malt beverages. I don't like them typically, but they're like the tonics. I guess you could call it a tonic. It's almost like a soda, but it's like okay. malt soda. The taste. Oh, like a malt. Oh, malt is like malt for drinks or just malt drinks in Jamaica are very popular. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you could get like. I remember um, there was some sort of like a Milo thing, like a Nesk. I don't know if people know Milo. Oh, but yeah, Milo. Yeah, yeah. It's every country tries to claim it, but it's Australian. So it's ours. Really? Yeah. Every old yeah. Colombians we had you in when we so moved. I was like, it's a Jamaican, uh, it's a Jamaican hot chocolate. And he's like, it's Australian. And <laughs> that, prove it. And then we went to Wikipedia. And I was, and it was like, like oh. it's Sydney in like 1920 or something. And then we, were, oh we went God. to school in Montreal with the dude who from Colombia, and he thought it was he called it Milo and said it was from Colombia. My my guy, no. So I remember like I there was a up, similar. I grew up in uh, Asia, and I grew up in Malaysia, and we also I also thought it was Malaysian. No, there you go. <laughs> That's oh hilarious. <laughs> that means it's actually kind of cool that they've made a product that every country has sort of adapted <laughs> to the point where they thought it was theirs. Yeah. I like that. That's actually really smart yeah. if you think of it from marketing. But anyway, I guess yeah, my point right? was it was a similar thing to Milo that I recall. Excuse me, kind of like um, oh, you know Ovaltine. Do you have Ovaltine here? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was a malted version of Ovaltine. I never liked okay. it as a kid, but I feel like now I really would like it. And you could get malted milkshakes, oh. and they would add some malt stuff. Like if you just went to you know milkshakes wherever in the eighties and nineties, so like you could get a milk. We had, drank a lot of milkshakes, and you could get malted versions. So I feel like it was like a common thing maybe in Commonwealth countries or something. And that would probably include like Malaysia, like around that sort of region and Caribbean probably. And, um, yeah. and it, this is very reminiscent of all of that. Cause it's probably my guess. It would probably be these base malts that they would make it from. Yeah. Yeah. Likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's actually really I good. Like I love it. It's a good snack. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was like, 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 calories on it is what I was wondering. <laughs> uh, can dogs right. have barley? I think so. Right. Can dogs have barley? Yeah. Yeah, they can eat. They, they eat bread and like all that other stuff, right? Like, eh, oh, they can have grains. Great totally fine. Just one. Yeah. Barrington's here. So it's going to get Barrington. Barrington's, Barrington's in. He wants some some snacks. He's, he's yumming it um, Okay, this is de- <laughs> honestly. This is like not even just. This is like delicious. Like I really I know, right? like this is a great snack. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be so, eating this I mean, all night. <laughs> you can. I was like, I don't know how much to give you, but I'm glad I gave you a bunch. So yeah, this is great. Bring it upstairs. So not interested. He's not interested in the bar. Oh. Yep, not he's a beer. He's like, "What's this? This is a liver." Look, bear, we're <laughs> having it, buddy. Anyway, sorry, Kim. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Um, yeah, so basically, what you like, you know, is very bready notes. Um, so there's like, you know, maybe a little bit of like crackery notes there, but really just pretty simple, br- really good base for a lot of beers, um, and it does have that like the most sugar. So uh, definitely something that we want to use uh, for a sugar source for. Um, for our yeast to make alcohol. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And okay, then Turo, so then, is yeah. it worth oh, yeah. asking the question before we go to Crystal? I know that there's like, 
the row on a two row, it's something to do with like how many, like if you look at like a little kernel of barley or whatever, and it's got little two mm-hmm. things on the side. And then mm-hmm. there's like six row, which has like a different sugar content and, a, and maybe there's a four row or something. Is it worth briefly touching on those things in this segment? Cause two rows in that world, or is it better to talk about that after we've gone through the others? No, no, no. Yeah. Um, so basically all like all malt that we use like today, this is all like two row malt. So it is yeah. that malt that has the two rows in that, in the, I don't even know. I can't think of the word, but yeah. in there, in the, anyways, <laughs> yeah. there's two malt barley malts per row versus like six, um, on the, a barley, like I'm going to call it a stem because that's where we're going with my brain right now. (laughs) And uh, and basically a lot of like the difference between like a six row and a two row is that um, two row has like a lot more starches um, than a six row. Six row has more enzyme um, to help break down sugars and things like that. But it really um, when you want when you're thinking about like bang for your buck, you want to do obviously more sugar source versus less sugar source, even though there might be a little bit of uh, more enzymes on that. Um, Also, there's a little bit more protein, I think, in the six row too. But most malt that we see, like, and I think it's almost all malt that we see, like, on a commercial scale is going to be that two row variety. We just call, like, people can also call this, like, pale ale malt. Um, We just call it two row because it's, like, basic, the basic, the basic. Mm. It's basically, like, two row. So we just call it two row. The old two row. At the end of the yeah, day, so basically. Yeah, so two row type barley that's been manipulated in different ways. Hmm. Yeah, so we don't really use six row, and I don't know anyone that uses six row. So um, once or twice, like yeah, yeah, like you always hear about it, like in the <laughs> in like when you're learning about barley and all that fun stuff. Right, but, but then, uh, yeah, in reality, yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's a purpose for it, or somebody uses it somewhere. But in terms of like what we use, we use uh, the two row. But yeah, so that uh, mm-hmm. so the two row is basically just plain just been dried base for everything good sugar source and then okay so that and that's gonna give us our bready background like all all basically beer is liquid bread as they say and all those fun things but um so (laughs) you want to um make sure you have that nice base and then we want to start like as we get into different kind of malt forward beers we want to layer on different flavors so you know we're talking about you know, that kiln malt. So the, the Munich malt that's in the Lincoln Lager, just to give it a little bit more complexity, a little bit more of those like toasted um, bread flavors. Um, you know, we get into the caramels for like more, you know, our amber lagers, our Viennas, our ESBs, things like that. So a darker, more richer uh, caramel. And there's huge ranges mm. in all of these. So kiln malts will go from, you know, really lightly toasted to like really dark toasted. Mm. Um, and like that segueing into like our dark roasted um, malts here. So we have our brown malt. So this is a, um, sorry, not a roasted, a, um, a kilned. It is a kiln malt. Okay. So um, when you go into uh, the kiln, it goes in, um, you know, it looks like this when it goes in, it dries up and then it, it can end up like this. Okay. Okay. So this is, this is basically how like toasted they can get um, in, in the kiln space. So if we want to taste the kiln, um, the kiln brown. Do we have a taste brown to one Whoa. Oh, damn. What a difference. It's like Different, bitter. Right? Yeah. Ah. Whoa. 
Oh, it's like eating it's a like coffee. Dry. Or it's like, like yeah. yeah. Or like, or like cacao or something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so it is very toasted. It's like on the brink. It's like when you take this toast out of the toaster, you know, it's like hard as a rock. <laughs> um, oh, my so God. Be, it's like, yeah. I know, it's a lot. So you can imagine, Funny. like, people are always like, oh, my gosh, like when you make a brown ale, like <laughs> this is the only malt you use, right? And you're like, no, you use a ton of this delicious malt. And then you put <laughs> only a little bit of like, so a bunch of the two row. And then you only put a little bit of the, um, of the like up to 20% max of the, of the brown. Right. So you're not going to layer a bunch of that. Cause you guys, I love your reaction. Cause it's perfect. Right. Like, <laughs> whoa, what the heck? You know what I mean? So malt, we're, malt we're looking for, <laughs> There's not as much extract in this because it's been manipulated, because it's been killed. Like, there's not as much of those readily available sugars. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to change the color of the beer, the flavor, and the aroma. So okay. there's a lot of different things that this is going to provide. So if you're going to make a brown ale, brown malt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Things like that, right? So, so yeah, you could use brown malt. In stout, you really want to... Um, there is a little bit more laying, depending on what kind of stout you're making. There could be kiln, there could be a little crystal, let's say, and then roasted malt, uh, which unfortunately we don't have today because we're not in stout season yet, so we didn't have any uh, craft or anything for me to grab. But um, the next level, like um, in like a roasted grain, would be like you guys. I would wish I had it because you're you're you would been like, oh my gosh, it was just basically like <laughs> it is roasted to almost like combustion so it is like oh. it's very pliable like it basically just crumbles in your hand oh. um and then it when you taste it it's like very like it's eating like a coffee bean, bean kind of thing so it's like very stringent very roasted um but there's like obviously like a scale of that too so we have like light chocolate malt and then we've got like all the way to like the really dark stuff like carafa and things like that so there's a scale in all of these different things and it's so crazy because we say like okay there's you know four ingredients in beer malt is one of them there's pretty much four different kinds of malt that there's such ranges in all of them right so you can do so many beer styles with just like an ingredient but the range is huge right so super super cool to like dip into all of that um okay so you didn't like that okay. one as much <laughs> okay i have a better <laughs> so, feeling i'm snacking on that one the, i would say okay so the next one <laughs> yeah maybe you'll this snack one. on the other yeah <laughs> okay so this one oh, is dark yeah. crystal so this is we midway talked about yes so dark crystal is that crystal what we talked about so it has a little bit of that caramelization on the outside of the kernel careful of your teeth sometimes they can be really hard because of the caramelization Okay. You might like this one a little bit more. Hopefully. Definitely better. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. It's like so a slightly toastier version of the two-row. Yeah. It's like the OG. But not, not as, like, nutty, sweetie like with the other one. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's okay. So, like, this the two-row, like, a little this. bit nutty. This one, mm -hmm. So, a little bit more of those, like, caramel, like, dark toffee notes. This is dark crystal, so it is on the darker side. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, if we're looking at like a little bit lower crystal, the like crystal, like C15, Z20, um, those numbers are just, it's what tributes like the level bond. So like the color of it. So how caramelized it got. So yeah. the lower ones are going to be a little bit more of those like caramel notes, things like that, things that you'd use in like, you know, Vienna lager or an amber ale or things like that. Right. So um, this is more on the dark end because this is what we, this is what we had available, but 
Um, it has got a little bit more of that like sweetness, caramel toffee um, ness to it. So um, a little bit different of a malt there. So, I mean, mm. these are just three examples of all the different malts that there mm. are, but there's like a huge spectrum. Um, and um, yeah, so we manipulating all of these different things in, you know, in our beers to create different styles is like, is what brewers do. Like what that's, they're like literally like little chefs We're yeah. chefs that create, you know, different flavor profiles and put those all together. So malt forward uh, beers are obviously, you know, we're tackling the malt flavors. We're using malt flavors, manipulating malt flavors to create these various malt forward styles. So that's kind of the malt of it all. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That so to be snacking on these two rolls and bring it to the office. It just kind of <laughs> <laughs> rock that all day. Yeah. I'll drop put a, these uh, brown malts for those brown malts can uh... make some bread without us. <laughs> yeah. This is delicious. So the the malts in. Did we talk about the specific ones in this beer? You probably did in the beginning, but just to reiterate, now we've gone through it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the malts uh, in this one we are using so two row, so these lovely snacky guys, Ooh. and then um, a Munich malt. So a Munich malt is just like it, it is a kiln malt, uh, okay. but it is definitely less less kiln than these brown malts. So okay. <laughs> on the lower scale, more of that toasty bread malt. So okay, um, gotcha. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, yeah. So just and, it, and like honestly, if you taste those and then taste the beer, you'll you'll see that like that that bready note and that toasted little bread note is gonna very much translate into this beer. Um, and then I actually have. I know we're gonna we're gonna transition to hops next. So yes. um, I think I gave you guys the Saphir hops, and that's yes. the actual hop that's in this Lincoln Lager. Um, so you'll notice like when we smell this versus when we go to our IPA hops, it's going to be very different. So if you want to like crack open your bag of Saphir hops. Smell that. Oh, hello, hops. Smell that. The bed. Oh, Sorry, my are goodness. these hops from Bench? <laughs> I know Bench has the uh, hop garden. So these ones are, yeah. So some of our state hops, like we will, um, we will harvest those. Uh, our hops are still growing on the vine. So, um, we will very much, uh, use the hops when they're, when they're ready to go, but these are uh, just commercial hops for now. Okay. Um, and you can like take your little hop pellet, you know, squish it in your, in your hands. Usually when we do hop rubs with like cones, it's a lot easier to like rub in your hands and get those, all that beautiful lupulin like on your hands and just get right in there. Um, with the pellets, you can do this, you can do the same, rub it all together. I just like to break it, break it up a little bit. Um, so you can just take the little pellet, squeeze it. Um, so that might be a little harder than others, uh, just depending on their moisture level. And then you get a really nice kind of like little crumble in your hand and be careful when sniffing. You don't want to go right up the nose because then you'll be sneezing all night. But yeah, so you'll notice that it's like very subtle Mm. of a, of a smell, right? So like, I'm sure you've smelled, I'm sure you've smelled like a bunch of different things and we will smell some really um, way more aromatic hops. Um, So this one's going to be a lot subtle because it is a malt forward beer. So we do not want the hops to overtake Mm. the beautiful malt flavors. So we're going to just add this, um, it's a Hollertau, um, a Hollertau Saphir. And, um, basically it is just that kind of herbal note, um, very subdued compared to some of the other ones we're going to face. So basically we want, yeah, we want that, we want that malt to shine. So, um, just add it in for a little bit of bitterness, a little bit of that flavor note, um, a little bit of that aromatic and then, um, uh, yeah, but it's definitely not the shortstopper. So 
those are kind of the difference. So we have, um, you know, we have various different kinds of hops and we can kind of roll into the hops right now. If that, uh, mm-hmm. if you guys fancy, we can also pour our hop beer. If, uh, if you fancy on uh, something else, I don't know how far you are with your sure. lager. You're all good. Oh yeah. Just <laughs> knock that down. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> That's perfect. All right. All right. So. Okay. So. Let me turn around. There. All right. Yeah. We're all gonna right. smell like pops. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay, so um, the next one we have is the uh, Ben Short Hills Hazy IPA. Boom. Yeah. There she is. Come on. Come on. Hey, Bear. <laughs> Barrington wants some. There oh. you go. Beautiful. <laughs> I think I had You're this one of the last good. times I went through Bench. Are you? Um, yeah, I haven't had it at the can before. Oh, you're going to tell us how to pour, though, right? Or- oh, yeah. yeah. This is the pouring so, thing. Good pour. Pouring. I'm, yeah, so you pour, basically pour about three-quarters of the way up the glass uh, on a 45-degree angle, and then you pour directly straight uh, okay. down the middle of the glass because you want to get that nice head. You want to release uh, those aromas. And I've That's got this, like, it's good. this lovely Spiegelau glass um, yes. for IPAs. I <laughs> love that. Um, those are the best. A little bit of an IP or a glassware nerd, so I love oh, I that. Feel that. On that. I had four of them, and I've only got one left. They keep breaking; they're so thin, so oh, I didn't okay, want to no. bust out. I had to have matching glasses. So it's always a sad, the, sad occasion. Well, these are New England IPA glasses, but yeah. I feel like the Speedglass ones yeah. are uh, the money zone for um, for yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah. What's your opinion, real quick, okay. on the uh, rousing of the yeast at the bottom of the can and then adding that in, particularly for say, I know that differs per style, but say for haze, which is a New um, England IPA, so. Yeah. I mean, I I generally, if it's not like a style specific, you know, wheat no. beer, I don't generally do it, but I mean, teach their own. Yeah. Um, fair enough for, for haze. I mean, you're hoping that my ha- the haze is stable enough that it'll stay in solution, but, you know, that's not always the case if you have an older product, things like that. So, um, you know, typically I don't want to do that because you're hoping that you get uh i got my beer like directly off the line today so oh nice that's uh that's not too bad but i know not everybody gets the chance to do that so um do what you can but uh yeah if you like it a little bit more hazy if that's the case then absolutely do do what you will teach their own beautiful then um okay mm-hmm. all right so um so this is more of that like hazy new england style obviously um you know hops are just there's such a vast like array of hops. Like people say, Oh, I don't like a hoppy beer. And like, that makes me cringe every time. Cause I'm like, what does that mean? Like what yeah. kind of hops don't you like? Like that. Um, especially when people say like, I don't really like an IPA. So, and that hurts a little bit. Um, Cause yeah. there are so many different kinds, right? So, cause they are wrong. Really um, so, just, they need you know, I really like, yeah, they just need no, absolutely. Well, and like, it's IPA day today. According oh to. my gosh! Happy is it? Day. Look Just at that. Happy Friday! Going to that. So, like, you know, how can how dare anybody speak <laughs> ill of the style? <laughs> yeah, I think that the biggest thing, like, you know, in learning with it, with you know, talking to our staff and like educating the staff, is that like a lot of people, um, you know, some people don't like the bitterness of an IPA. Great. Some people don't like um, those big, like, American hops, the like Cascades, Centennial, Chinook, those big 
um, bold American hops that are those like citrus, grapefruit, um, pine. Pine is very polarizing for a lot of folks. Yeah. So a lot of people say like, I don't like IPAs because maybe they had a West Coast IPA and they were like, oh, there was just something in there. I don't know what it was, but I did not like it. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm glad that you've recognized that you don't like that, but don't discount all IPAs because then there's something like this beautiful beer where we're using a lot of new world hops. So new world hops being of course, like um, more of those like tropical fruit nodes, those fun ones from, you know, Australia and New Zealand and Matweka and Galaxy and Big Secret and all those, those goodies. So, um, you know, there is such a wide range of, of hops. So don't kind of discount a style because of maybe a particular example that you've had. So it's really important to, to know what you like um, so that when you go to a restaurant, you're not going to order West Coast if you know that you don't like those pine notes and things like that. So education is super key when, you know, like educating yourself so that when you go somewhere, you have a good experience too, right? So, yes. um, so I think that's like super important. Um, so when we do look at various different hops, you know, I mentioned American, New World, there's also, you know, English for more English styles. There's also German uh, and Czech hops. So, you know, they go from anywhere like the Saphir hops that we just smelt, those kind of like herbal and, uh, you know, a little bit spicy notes to some of these hops that we're going to smell in this beer, which are you know, next level, totally different. Right. So, right, right. um, so if we want to do a little bit of a tasting on this guy, um, it. so we've got this like lovely kind of, um, goldeny color. It's nice. And it's got a deep haze as I like to say. Um, and then it's got, um, a, you know, a nice foam color on this one as well. Um, the malts in this one, uh, we do have, you know, our base malt, of course, and then there is like oats and wheat in it as well. So the proteins in both of those are going to really help bump out, um, first of all, the haze. So make it nice and, and hazy. Um, also it's going to give us like a little bit more mouthfeel, which we'll see. And then also will help with our head retention. Like you think about, you know, proteins like barley has proteins in it, but when you're adding a little bit more wheat, a little bit more oats and things like that, you're just adding to that. So you're hopefully, hopefully getting that head retention. If you have that head retention, as you are drinking your IPA, those hot, those hop aromas are just going to blast you in the nose every single sip. And that's exactly what you want when you want to experience an IPA, right? Damn so, right. yeah. <laughs> so, um, really important. And also, you know, with the, with the body note too, because you're adding so much like bold, flavorful aromatic hops you do want to have a little bit more of that bolt uh that malt kind of backbone too to kind of like balance it out so it's really important there but this is definitely a hop forward style so <laughs> um we will do our little tasting on this guy so um deep haze foam we talked about um let's smell it lots of tropical fruits Kind of like mango, bit of citrus. Mm -hmm. So when you, you know, when you smell a beer and, you know, I, I mentioned a little bit about this earlier, you know, there are different ways you can smell a beer. So you can do that like long kind of inhale through the nose. You can kind of like flood those olfactory senses um, with that aroma. There's also something um, I like to call the dog nose sniff. I don't know <laughs> what other people call it, but I love calling it that because I'm yeah. slightly obsessed with dogs, as you guys know. Like, um, <laughs> so you basically do, you guys basically do the like short little sniffs in, um, yes. into your nose. So 
and that can kind of like integrate oxygen as well. It's like you would I do it to Barrington. He's just go right up to him. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, what are you doing? And he just does it back. It's so funny. Oh my God. That's really cute. Yeah. I love that. Oh, um, love so you do that. He get a good sniff of this. And then, hey, bear. It's okay, buddy. It's nice when you're tasting um, an IPA too to like, like I, my beers were were not in the fridge, so we consumed the um, the Lincoln Lager like right away. That's always good for a lager. The short tails, I do like to let it open up a little bit when I am doing a tasting, just because the warmer it gets, the more aromatics it comes. As I mentioned gotcha. with the CO two, so kind of let that warm up a little bit. Um, take that nice sniff. Do whatever technique you like. Also, if you're you're having trouble, you can always put your hand over the glass, give it a swirl, and then stick your nose right into it as well. Oh, I have and to that helps. way too full for that. Yeah, mine is but... still full. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Take like, a yeah. sip first of that. <laughs> so, yeah, so really getting, um, so, you know, the new world hops are really going to get that, those nice, like, peach, mango, um, mm. you know, stone fruit, uh, a little bit of grapefruit notes on the nose. Yes. Um, All the above. Yeah. So just, oh, yeah, just, like, really nice ripe mango. Yeah. So a lot of those like tropical uh, fruit notes are going to get out of that, which is, um, you know, some of my favorite, uh, some of my favorite hops are in this. So um, really, really beautiful tropical kind of fruit notes. Um, what and was then the breathing? Can... Was it called retro nasal breathing? Oh, so retro nasal um, is basically like so yeah, when the... we're tasting it. Yeah. So when we okay. taste it, um, breathe in, take a sip <laughs> and then breathe out your nose. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. I just yeah. couldn't remember the name of it. That's, uh-huh. that's a fun technique. I think I'm going to do that. I guess that what I did was when I sipped this one, holding my breath, um, mm-hmm. I did a little burp, and there's nothing better than hot burps. I think hot burps are the best, and <laughs> I like to exhale them through the nose. So Honestly, I, yeah. It does, I guess it's sort of like unintentionally uh, achieving the retronasal nasal thing because that's what I was doing, yeah. I guess. I don't know this why. I think I just like accidentally do it. You know, sometimes it just hits you and then you don't even have time to open your mouth to let her out. But it just comes out. You're like, ooh, that was fire. Like, <laughs> but now it's it's technically like a, a technique. You can definitely Yeah. Add. You can just, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll try to. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have up. to be able to do it on command. <laughs> I'm like, that's what you have to work on. <laughs> that's the next, that's next level. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Oh, this is money. Yeah, this, this is yeah. great. Yeah, this is really good. Yeah, so um, yeah, so a lot of those similar flavors when we when we have our when we have our sip and we burp mm. it out our nose or whatever you're gonna do. <laughs> you're gonna try every time. Yeah, oh. and you'll notice the the body of this obviously is a little bit heavier. Like you know, it's got on the heavier side compared to the lager we just had. I always like to when people are not really Six familiar five. with. Um, body and what that means like a lot of people have trouble with that i'm like okay if you're drinking like water and then you're drinking milk you know the heaviness in your mouth is going to be a little bit different i do tell people to go back to the lager and taste the lager and then or the you know i usually start with the lager and then go back to the ipa and like get a feel of what, how that feels in your mouth literally mouth feel how it feels in your mouth um another thing with this is because we've added all these like beautiful wheats and oats and all those things it's kind of have that really nice kind of like smooth mouthfeel that nice carbonation is also like more smooth and a little bit more like prickly um so that is just going to create like a really beautiful um uh smooth mouthfeel um and then it kind of like smooths out like the bitterness that is there obviously this style is more about the aromas and the flavors of the hops and less about the like bang you in your face bitterness so Mm -hmm. it's another reason why people if you know if they don't like 
if they're saying I don't like the bitterness of an IPA, it's like, let's, you know, put them down the New England style yes. path and, and see how they like that. And then if it's still too much, then yeah, maybe like go down to a session New England and then, you know, try to try to take them down a path like that. I think, you know, when we're doing our education for staff and like when we are, you know, thinking about how we want our, our customers to experience our brand, um, it's super important for them to have a really good experience for them to be knowledgeable. So like, you know, we have everyone from like somebody who's never tasted beer before to, you know, Cicerones and things coming in and, you know, wanting to ask detailed questions. And uh, there's nothing better than having an excellent server, somebody that knows what they're doing, somebody who knows, you know, um, what these different things are. If, you know, I come in and I say, oh, I drink, uh, you know, Coors Light or whatever, you know what I mean? You're not going to give them an IPA, right? So no. there's like various things there too. So really knowing about those those different, you know, techniques and using, you know, the tools that they learn and 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 curating that experience is really going to make people like come back to you. So um, yeah. that was like really fun to like kind of teach and like run scenarios and stuff like that. Be like, oh, I like this and blah, blah, blah. And then what would you, what would you recommend to me and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it was like, it was, it was really great. So I think that's so, um, so important. Like that experience yeah. that you're saying, it's like someone needs to be able to know like, okay, I'm not going to give you this beer. Let's try this instead and really talk to you and understand like what do you drink normally? Even if it's not a beer, what type of wines do you drink normally? Because then maybe that's something that you can align to. So that education is like critical actually to like the success of sales of the brewery, right? Otherwise, if the server is not able to really like make recommendations and someone's like, either doesn't like the drink or it's just like, okay, well, I guess like uh, I'm just not going to have a beer or something like that and I'll just choose something else. And, you know, that's not a great, that's not really what you want to happen. So I do, I, the education part is so powerful and like making sure that the servers, like that's also just a good experience. When someone cares about what you like, even there's a cafe that we love on college called Voodoo. Mm -hmm. And because the espresso drinks that we have, they just taste better with um, like the um, the espresso beans that we have are like it, well technically we drink oat milk. Oat milk tastes better with like um, dark roasts, dark roasts, chocolatey, vanilla that type nutty. of nutty vibe. And whenever you have it with something that's like more floral or fruity, it just doesn't have the mix. And I love like Voodoo always be like, all right, what's the blend? What's the coffee roast that you want? You know, or like what's the be what are the beans that you want? And we had another cafe called Cafe and Gamba in Montreal. And just depending on what they're like what milk you're having, they just immediately were like, Okay, this is like the bean that you need to have with this. Like it's just like taking that extra step to really appreciate what makes the most sense for the customer. And I love that. I think it's super important. Hundred percent. It's like customization almost in some ways. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. it's awesome. And everyone loves customization. Oh. Think about like when you're when you're little and you're like, ooh, I got the keychain with my name on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you find your name, you go to the thing. Like, you know what I mean? People love when things are tailored to them, right? I like that's just special and you have a great experience. Mm -hmm. We yeah. both have keychains. <laughs> there you like go. Our See? Our friends like seven-year-old daughter's business and we're like, oh, and we're all getting keychains. And stuff like that. <laughs> I love that. Speaking. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love that so much. What was I going to ask? Sorry, um, wait, sorry, did we talk about the malt in this one? It was, yeah, was it from the beginning. Because you said base malt. Yeah. And then oats, yeah, and, wheat. And, then oats and wheat. Oats and wheat. Yeah. And then when there is a bit of dextrose, so a non-fermentable sugar, um, just to give it a little bit more body too. Yeah, just to kind of like when you are when you are putting a bunch of different like, uh, you know, 
aromatic and flavorful hops, we do want to have that little bit of that uh, malt backbone to kind of help balance it out. Mm. Um, so we can actually like go to our hops that are in this from Let's your little babies. Yeah. So, um, so we do add, um, so Centennial is uh, a big of our, um, of our bittering hops. So we do have Centennial in this one as well as our bittering hop, uh, Beanie Boyle. And then um, at Whirlpool, we uh, add in a Zaka. And that's just because it, it really uh, brings out a lot of that like, kind of like fruity, juicy kind of yeah, notes um, when we put, when we add it in the Whirlpool. Um, was there a Lazaka or did I, I miss? Lazaka, yeah, did you get a Zaka? Yeah, there she is. You got it? Yep. <laughs> Perfect. I knew it was there somewhere here. All right. So yeah, you can get a bit of a sniff in the bag. Which one should we sniff first? Um, you should do a Zaka first because that's the first that we add in um, in process. So we'll, we'll smell that one. Yeah, let's go. Sniff that. Mm-hmm. Break it up a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more fragrant than um, the Sophia. And the oh, Sophia, right? Like, it's yeah, so I didn't crazy realize Sophia was that kind of vibe. I thought it was kind of like, yeah. like this. Okay. It sounds like it would be, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got a cool no, name. Is, uh, Sophia's a cool name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you think about like the melange of Azaka, Amarilla, and Sigil, you like, go ahead and like sniff some of the other ones. Break them up a bit. A oh, harder Zaka to break up Oh, you're going in. You got a real spliff there. Right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal. Get a little grinder. I know. Yeah. When you go do like hop rubs, like hop rubs and stuff, when you're doing it from from pellets, they'll give you like these little grinders. <laughs> really? You like got. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I like, that's that so funny. <laughs> I'm going to take this home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Hilarious. Yeah. So we've got okay. like a bunch of awesome, like various hops that are going to give us like a ton, of different, um, a ton of different, a ton of different. So we do dry hop with the Citra and uh, the Amarillo. So like really what we're, we're looking for here is we're looking, you know, I get like this um, kind of canned, can kind of like off the beer like a lot of translates into like a canned pineapple like mangoey citrus peachy stone fruit vibe from all of these different things and like yes you can smell hops um and you're like okay i get a sense of what this is about but then you know wh- where you use it in the process too can really make a difference so you know you know as Zaka, they say like you know if you use it in the whirlpool it's going to give you more of those like fruity juicy um juicy fruity <laughs> notes. Hey. Um, and then yeah. um, with our Citra and um, Amarillo dry hop, you know, really trying to like bring out all this melange of those like kind of tropically citrusy stone fruity kind of notes all together um, mm-hmm. to create like this beautiful bouquet, um, which is on the nose, which we, which we already experienced. We already got all of those lovely notes, especially the mango. I'm getting the mango a lot right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Man, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, Citra, Citra is a funny one, too. What's your um, favorite hop? Do you have a favorite? Oh, good question. I mean, I do love New World hops. I think that's probably, like, I really was into Mochbaca for a long time. Oh, I like so Gal- Galaxy. Um, yeah. Galaxy's a little patchy. Uh, dude, like, Troy from Badlands was saying there was, like, a whole bunch of, like, bad Galaxy batches that kind of ruined yeah. things for a bit. So I feel like Galaxy yeah. was incredible. And then something happened, and I, f- I feel like I heard the story, and I forgot what it was. But something specific happened to Galaxy to make it. It was like this inconsistent or something. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be yeah. Growing I feel like the New Zealand hops. 
Yeah, because I feel like the Aussie hops were like the shit, like around the time you were saying you started beer, 2017, 2018, and, and further, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden, like New Zealand just came through with like, yeah, Rakao, Rawaka, Mateka, like all this shit, and they're just insane. Like insane. I feel like I agree, Mateka's got to be one of the best. Do you, what's the most, yeah. my favorite hop, yeah. um, and the the most fronted on or slept on hop would, is Idaho 7. Oh yeah, we we use Idaho Seven a bench. Yeah, I do you like do? that one. Love yeah, it. yeah. I feel you know like this year. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please. Um, I was saying like another one that I was super into. I went uh the like Bar Rouge, like the French. Oh, the French one, one, the strawberries. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yes. that was like super fun to rub. Um, but yeah, there's like a lot. I mean, there's so many. There was like some really cool. I went down to Yakima last year. Um, did Ooh, some hop rubs. Jelly. There was um. There was uh, this one like experimental hop that they were working on, and honestly, it smelled like uh, fuzzy peaches. Like it was right. unreal. It was like single, single hop beer. They wanted to like showcase the beer, and we just like pulled it off tap there, and it was like, there's no fruit in this. Like it's unreal. Like you know what I mean? You wow. just see like hops like showcase so well, and you just it, it's like all the fruit aromas and taste like, and you're just like, what the heck? It tastes like that wasn't like, peacherine, was it? No. I don't know what the, I can't, I don't know. Like if a HBC? A yeah. My, yeah. I, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, it was unreal. I'm like, it's stuck in my head. Wow. My memory my memory's gone too much drinking, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> Have you had a uh, single hot peacherine beer? I don't think so. Cause it's exactly what you're describing. That's why I thought Ooh. it might've been like. Did somebody make, did somebody make one recently? Uh, both Third Moon and um, Third Moon did the observation, and um, Badlands did a pedestal because he has like the pedal. They're both the, the like, I think the observation on um, Third Moon is just like whatever they want to do, and pedestal is a single hop from Thingo. The Third Moon, they were both exceptional. The Third Moon one specifically was probably I th- I would maybe argue it was their best beer this year that I that I had. Mm. It was disgusting. It was so good. Like and it was exactly what you like the peach rings just it was like drinking that like creamy canned peaches. It was it was wow. just so fire. Like if you mix it with that murky hazy IPA for mm. some reason that like you know like the murkiness tends to align with more of that creaminess mm-hmm. and and that just works so well with that particular hop. But oh yeah, yeah. it sounds dope. Yeah, this is. Um, oh, you just can't go wrong with any of this. Amarillo is like such a legendary hop too, and yeah. it's like this is. It's, yeah. I feel like is it? Uh, I imagine it's just me, but I feel like the there's a difference between Saphir and the others, but there's not a massive difference in the rubbing of. I mean, there's a, the T90 pellet, so it's not like a hot, like you said before, like not like yeah. or whatever. So it's not like <laughs> fresh, but they're like fresh. It's um, it uh, the. Is that accurate that during this rubbing mini rub thing that we're doing, is this more like, should there be a large difference between them all? Not really. No. Okay. So okay. yeah, no. So basically like this, so these are the three that are in this beer. So I just wanted to kind of give you like a good sense of like how we, you know, build off of like, and like build off of each other's hops. So like when you're putting like a Zacco with Citra, with, with Amarillo, it's going to be a different experience than some other hops that you're going to put together. Right. So, mm. um, and it's funny when you put like, you know, hop A with hop B, you might get something totally different come out than hop B and hop C or whatever it is. So, um, it's kind of cool to kind of see, you know, hops, smell them individually, smell them, you know, 
as, as parts and then see how they kind of integrate into the beer as well, which is really cool. So, um, you know, building on flavor, building on aroma, like these are the things that we do as brewers. It's like building a recipe, right? Like mm. the layers of different things. So yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a good sense. Like there are like the Saphirs, there are like, you know, there's the other ones like the English, like Fuggle or Goldings and those kind of things. And those are more like those woody earthy kind of notes. So like go for like really well and those English style shocking in those English styles. Um, and then, um, you know, you like know, we've got the American in the, yeah. So the yeah. Crispy. Yeah. The German check. So like the German check. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the, um, more like noble old school hops too. Right. So the sauce, yes. the fall, the tetananger, all those fun things too. So mm. that's more in the realm of like, that's a fear hop, right? Yes. So, yes. um, so yeah, so it's, uh, it's kind of really cool to like, you know, say, and, you know, it's a little bit of a cheat sheet, too. It's like, hmm, I want to make an American IPA. Which kind of hop should I use? It's like, <laughs> okay, maybe you should go with American hops, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So, right, because these are where all these styles originated, right? So, um, yeah, very kind of cool. Like, the original old school monks and brewers were using, like, in the Middle Ages, were these German and Czech um, noble hops, right? So, I don't know, like, it's just very cool to see, like, where where things came from, where the original hops people were using, and then what has come from that, and, like, all these crazy, like, you know, hybrids and all this different, like, really cool science and agriculture around it all, right? People forget that beer is made from barley and hops, and these are huge, like, these are crops at the end of the day, right? Like, you know, we, there's different environmental factors. There's all these different things that are going to give us various things. And like keeping a consistent beer is, is very tough because of that. Right. Cause yeah. your galaxy, like you said, like your galaxy one year and your galaxy, the next year are going to be potentially totally different. So how do you, how do you, you know, work around those challenges? So some, some cool different, like, finagling as well to make sure that you are tasting not the hops the malt <laughs> and smelling the hops um you know because those are the ingredients that you're putting in your beer right like just yeah. like you would taste as you go like as a chef right so yeah it's pretty pretty cool and not a lot of people i don't think take time to like really do like you know tasting of the different malts and tasting it like smelling of the different hops and breaking it down when they get like a new lot or whatever it is right so yeah. i mean we all get, we're all super busy just sometimes you just go 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 but um it is kind of cool to like just sit and and kind of do it the old school way yeah particularly it. as a drinker like if you're not making it yeah. it's cool to just it's good like once again we've done this stuff in the past but i couldn't even tell you the last time it definitely wasn't since the pandemic so like it's been a hot minute for us so it's really cool to reconnect to this type of thing mm -hmm. and to have like a refresher and obviously there's a whole bunch of stuff in here that i didn't know i had never actually heard that much detail about the different classes of malts and the way that it all works and stuff so i mean like it's really cool that and this is what we said to you yesterday that it doesn't matter how many beers you've sort of drank it's really cool to sometimes just get a reminder because if you're a drink and you're not in the industry whether you're a brewer or otherwise like to really like I don't know, you don't you think about it, but you don't you don't really think about it. You're like, what which hops like most of the time you don't ask which malts this yeah. beer has. It's which hops does it have. Yeah. To really paint the picture of it. So it's really cool even just to like get the I don't know, we don't homebrew, so like I don't really see hops that often. Um mm -hmm. so it's like it's cool just again, squish some bad boys time. up. It's been a hot minute, right? Yeah. I think it's like it's super fun. I did want to ask uh, your particular and I don't think there's like an exact science answer to this, just curious. Um you know, when you, people are making IPAs, particularly let's call IPAs, are the ones that would have multiple hops in it. Is there like a point of, um, what's it called? Point of, um, 
A diminishing return. Diminishing return. Thank you so much. I no. feeling. Yeah. Is it point of or Laura? <laughs> the law of diminishing. Law of diminishing returns. So like yeah. at what point does it become redundant to have mm. like how many different types of hops? Are, you know, you can have three and that's a, that seems like pretty cool. You have four. Like, you know, mm. can you have seven? I've had beers with that many in it, but at, do you have an opinion as to at what, you know, when it becomes redundant to have this many different hops to where it becomes this maybe a mess as opposed to, like you mentioned, the chef, where you're really crafting flavors because you know that these three hops have completely different profiles. If you put them together, you're going to get X. But if you have seven different hops, it might be just ridiculous. Like, do you have an opinion on that at all? Yeah, I think that, you know, when you're building out your recipes and trying to figure out what flavor profiles you want for your hop forward beer, you are considering multiple things. So you're like, okay, well, I really want to take the citrus note from this one. And, you know, it's it's got a little bit more bold citrus, you know, this one's got more of that like mango tropical note that I want. I really like that layering of that. Da, da, da. So, you know, for me, I, you know, I think three is probably where, like personally, if I was going to homebrew, like that's probably where I would live around the three mark. Um, once you get to a certain point, I think it's just muddled. You don't really know right. what's coming from what, you know, you could be getting, you know, sure if you had like the utmost intense palette, which like, you know, 1% of the population, less, point one percent of the population has like maybe you could differentiate like all the different things but honestly it just gets completely muddled it gets overwhelming it overpowers the like balance uh, from the like the malt profile i think also it's um expensive as hell so you're like throwing in all these hops that are not actually doing anything so like when people say you know we we did this Mm. like massive dry hop with like Mm. you know this many kilograms of of hops and we got all the max flavor blah, blah 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 it's like Okay, cool. But like, (laughs) you're really just, you know, everybody has threshold for flavor, for taste, for bitterness, all these things. So at a certain point, people can't really like, break it down into all the different parts, it just gets muddled. So much like bitterness, there's like huge, like 100 IBUs, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, cool. But like the average person can only taste to like, let's say, I don't know what it is, but like 50 IBU. And then anything above that is just bitter as hell right so (laughs) you're really just like mutter muddling everything and then it's just like super expensive to make so it's like really no point Mm. um we do see we do see that sometimes and (laughs) when you know time to time especially when i was like working in the contract business you know you see like okay well maybe we can like you know decrease this you're gonna save this much money and we're at the end product is actually going to just be a little bit more um you know refined is the word (laughs) so yeah i do think that there is definitely that cap of how many hops you should be putting into a beer for sure (laughs) that's an interesting answer and i'm even as you were saying that i was thinking about the people that you know the breweries that i think make the best ipas and typically you wouldn't see more than uh three i can't Mm -hmm. really recall any of the best ipa brewers whether that you know what canada or beyond they would have more than three. Sometimes like collabs seem to just be like, they're just throwing shit at the wall, but like it's not that as common. So that's good to hear. I've never actually asked anyone that before, but I always kind of like figured, I don't think it's ever really come up, but I just kind of assumed that there was like a, a point where you're just not even going to taste anything and it's just going to be tropical fruit. And like it could be any of the things, unless it's like Sabro where there's this coconut or something like that. Oh uh, yeah. Uh-huh. But aside from that, yeah. Okay, sick. This yeah. is great. This is yeah. uh, this is fascinating. <laughs> so, um, shall we move to the yeast you. portion? Yes, let's move to the yeast portion. Okay. Um, so I have 
our Soak Up the Sun Saison. It was only available on tap, so we have hilariously large growlers. Um, yeah, I, was just thinking, remember I know. Growlers were everywhere. Everywhere, Crowler was like this shit back there in the day. There was even one brewery in in Montreal that was like literally just Crowlers is all they had. Um, back then. Trying to discuss oh, yeah. that. Yeah. That was Growlers even. Oh yeah. That wasn't even Crowler. <laughs> that was like even previous. <laughs> but the, a bunch did get it. Um, they're so they're so weird. Just hold it. It's just weird. I know. When I brought it down, oh yeah, I was like, right this is just so massive. <laughs> it's just I forgot. I feel like I it's gonna. Sit on the I know, right? It's just so okay. odd. So obviously, I, you know, like a growler you can close back up, or like a like a yeah. half growler you can like close up and have. Um. But, yeah, I wish that is the one downside of crawlers, but fortunately, uh, well, for you, you got a big night ahead of you, Kim. But uh, you got work. I know. I'm gonna have to call my husband and drink half of this with me. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's a pretty good win. Calling, like. calling backup. Yeah. It's honestly one of his favorite spells this season, so I don't think uh, I will have a. Much of an argument trying to get him involved. <laughs> is he yeah, involved exactly. in beer or is he a, 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 a no, fan no, of your no. work? <laughs> he is uh, my guinea pig and a very big fan of my work, yes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's what you can ask he for. He loves that. He's not a, sh- a cook by trade, but he loves to cook. So okay. he oh, is. Uh, that's cute. I was like, yeah, I was like, he'll make the dinners and I'll curate the beers. It's a cute yeah, little uh, duo. So yeah, we're not mad about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. All right. Well, this smells great. So, so this is the yeah, yeast so portion of the conversation. One. I know the yeast. This is honestly my favorite part. Um, okay. I think coming from like a bio, a bio background, and like about you know microorganisms and all this fun stuff, and like how you know without without yeast we cannot have beer. So it is something that's essential. Um, you know, we talked about you know water at the beginning, and I think you know water profile and like as much as malt and hops and everything is very important, but like, I think water and yeast are like my two favorite in terms of like really dialing in some things. So, um, yeah, but I could go on and on about just water, but that's not as exciting as awesome yeast. So we'll talk <laughs> about yeast. <laughs> yeast it is. Um, so, um, you know, in, in beer we have, and this saison style, um, is a, an, an ale yeast. So we have lager yeast and we have ale yeast. Yes. Um, and then we've got some other, you know, we've got some fun like wild yeast and bacteria and things like that. So um, we use all of these fun things to our advantage. And this was a really good ex- kind of mix of all of those different things. So this Soak Up the Saison is a, um, you know, Belgian Saison style, excuse me. Um, and it is actually, we, we did a little bit of blending with a um, golden sour we had in barrels. Um, so it, you know, kind of brings in not only that cool old world Saison yeast that we used in this, but also some of those like bacteria, um, and wild yeast that we got from the barrel aging as well. So a little bit of complexity in there and kind of showcases a lot of different kind of cool, um, microorganisms that we use to create these different beer styles. So, um, so yeah, so this is our, soak up the sun saison um so uh saisons are honestly i think they're um they're really great style i don't see much of them um like in the lcbo and things like that um much anymore um i picked up a couple of duran yesterday because i was like honestly i i feel like i haven't seen them in a while um other than like you know the classics and things like that but uh, a lot of breweries you know not really releasing it commercially um you know and i'm not in ontario 
If you're in Quebec, yeah. you would see it. They're That's everywhere. Kim was saying LCBO. I was like, right. If you're in Quebec, you would see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like a lot of like beautifully like bottle condition saisons and things like that. Um, a lot of breweries, you know, I think they're just a little worried about, you know, the saison yeast getting into their <laughs> their regular like clean beers and things like that. So sure. that is the worry. Um, at Bench, we do have like a funk side and a clean side. So we actually can make funk beers and all that fun stuff um, without worrying about our clean side getting um, getting contaminated. So um, so that's always good. So we get to make some fun things, uh, barrel things as well. Do you um, that a little bit too? Because I think we're also talking to we're newbie friendly. So we are indeed. Yeast, how the yeast? Oh, oh, Kim froze. Kim froze. I'm sure she'll dial back and dial back in a second. Really a, oh, sorry, that oh, froze. we got you. There you go. All right, I froze a little bit. I don't know what yeah. happened. That's you okay. Got me? Tech, we got okay. you. Yeah. Back <laughs> in business. I was just thinking because awesome. we're talking about like, oh, why is it maybe not well economical or something's inconvenient or potentially something can happen? Like what specifically is the risk? Like what happens chemically when you have this Saison yeast come into a picture if you're in one brew house? Like what is, I would love for someone to understand exactly what happens and what goes wrong and why you take a risk in that. Absolutely. So it is, um, so Saison yeast, um, and you know, there's a bunch of different kind of like these farmhouse styles yeasts, um, that are what we call diastatic yeasts. So diastatic yeast means that basically to sum it up that they will consume a large amount of the sugar. So like most, uh, Saccharomyces yeast strains will actually like leave residual sugar behind. Whereas, um, this yeast is actually able to break down those larger chain sugars that Saccharomyces is not. So that's why it's super dry in the style. So you'll notice there's not a lot of residual sugar left. So let's say this, this yeast gets into like your lager, or, or, well, lager is pretty dry. Let's say, you know, you're trying to make this like juicy IPA, you put dextrose in it to have non-fermentable sugars, all these fun things. And then your saison strains gets in it and then it's bone dry. Like it will get and infect your other beers. And then also these saison yeasts have a lot of esters. So these like fruity and like phenolic, depending on how they're, um, how they're manipulated. Um, and then, so all those different flavors can also get into your regular clean beer. So then you're just changing the flavor profile totally. So there's like so many implications of those cross contaminating that can really cause your beers to be like, funky or you know phenolic or things like that when you really don't want those in your clean beer yeah so it's it is a a challenge uh for a lot of breweries but you know with proper like proper cleaning uh practices and things like that and like uh we have different sides of the brewery like two different like there's an airlock between the two and all that fun stuff so very very separate but if you have separate hoses separate like tri-clamps you have separate gaskets and all that stuff for your like funk versus your clean there's various ways to get around this but it is very much a worry for for folks sometimes so it totally makes sense why there's not a ton of them but um especially in cans like if you wanted you know running that through your canning line is also a thing if you don't you know i mean like there's various things like that right but um you know bottle bottle condition you'll see a lot too which is great so it doesn't have to go you know through you can have a separate bottling line and then bottle condition so you don't have to like run through your canning line and contaminate that and stuff so there's yeah. ways around it it's just yeah a little bit more labor intensive and and more considerations for sure yeah gotcha. okay no thank you for that because i think it's yeah i think it just really shows like the science side of it where you're like oh like there's some real science happening it's not just <laughs> art and creative this, you know like there's not a lot of things that you're cooking where like 
I don't know, you can wash the pan and you're probably going to be fine. But like, I think it's really interesting how there's so much science towards like it could destroy a whole big, huge thing that you're doing because yeah. like, this drain just hits it or something. I think it's yeah. very fascinating. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if we want to, we can run through these tasting notes Please. and then talk a little bit more about like yeast and bacteria and all that fun stuff. So um, we've got a nice kind of like pale yellow um, <clears throat> color on this guy. It's like got a nice little haze on it. Um, you know, it would have, I was like, it was filled from the tap. So generally it is quite um, effervescent of a style, usually because it is that bottle conditioned. So more of that like natural carbonation coming from the yeast um, when it is bottle conditioned. So far more, um, far more carbonated, far more effervescent uh, in general uh, from the style. Um, and then if we want to smell it, so on the nose. I'm getting the... Um... A lot of that barrel aged, uh, like that sort of funk and, and tautness. Yeah. So, um, so blending, I, I'm trying to remember, I think, so <laughs> a lot of, um, a lot of the brewers, like these barrels had like, were before our time kind of thing. So, um, from what I got from, uh, the brewers, they were saying it was like a golden sour that was put into, uh, wine barrels and then, you know, whatever was in there, um, you know, whether it be Brett, um, don't know what strain, <laughs> but yeah. Brett, bacteria, all that fun stuff. So those are just going to layer on that complexity. So you get that like barnyardy, um, funky, like almost a little bit leathery kind of vibes as well. Um, but then you're getting like from the saison yeast, you also get those like beautiful fruity kind of spicy, peppery baking spice uh, aromas as well. So it's mm. kind of like, it's got like that true like French saison like, characteristic but then it also has this like layered in barrel aged um you know funky bready kind of uh vibe to it too but in a in a light way it's not overpowering it's still quite drinkable um so yeah but it does have a lot of like really nice complexity and a reason why i chose <laughs> this beer for us because i was like i feel like it's got a couple of different things going on which is really cool because all those different things that are attributed to the various like yeasts and bacteria and things that are in this which is cool yeah. Right. So let's taste it. Yeah. The blend from first sip, I know you have to have a second sip, doesn't um yeah. doesn't seem to like overpower it. It's still given that real like tradition. Like if I if I didn't read that it was blended. And if I didn't pick it up from the nose, I don't know if I would have known. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of subtle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is subtle. We did want it, like, we didn't want it to be overpowering. We wanted it to kind of, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, enhance the Saison qualities versus like overpower it is kind of um, how we wanted to go about it. So um, kind of just add the complexity without overpowering it. So um yeah, yeah. and the, like that the, like saison used it in general this is the older old world saison um from escarpment labs and it really does have like really nice kind of um those like traditional like fruity kind of um you know spice baking spice kind of notes to it yeah, so yeah, um, that yeah. that in itself yeah so that in itself is just like really beautiful and then just layering on that like a little bit maybe of that subtle like you know that bready kind of even like you know, woody, like oaky note as well, but just like very, very light. So yeah, it's got a, a lot of different things going on it. So <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. To be honest, Saison's are not my like, favorite style, 
but I've always mm-hmm. enjoyed like like talking about them more and drinking them more lately. I like I find that like it's 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 almost like you're doing this like full circle thing where like you know there's a period of time when and I'm saying this because I imagine there's a bunch of other people maybe in my position where like there might be certain styles that you don't drink too much. And then when the opportunity comes up now, I'm kind of like more jumping towards wanting, like I got convinced to like, now I love barley wines. I used to just not feel them at all, but someone, a bunch of friends convinced me to do it. Now I like proactively buy them. I really enjoy them. Um, You know, went up to, I think I was telling you, went up to Mark, who was the previous, the original brewer at Bench actually, who set up the funk side and set everything up. He has his own brewery now and went up to see him on the weekend. And, you know, he makes only barrel aged farmhouse beer fruited and on and blah 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 and it was just cool it's cool to sort of be reintroduced to it in all these different ways and just sort of have the different styles just explained by people who know more about it because i because i wasn't into it i didn't learn a ton about it so i find it fascinating to do that and, and we I, just did a video uh our friend is here from sf and we did a we have a series called in my cellar and so hmm, people come yeah. down and then they have to choose a random beer. Like they just get to choose it. Craig doesn't, you know, he he doesn't give any like, hey, let's take this. He just lets him do the thing. Lets him do the thing. And I thought it was interesting because he chose a saison. I feel like saison's been in our life for the last like it ten has. days or something yeah. like that. It's just like a funny. lot. Like, yeah, that is funny. Because he chose that from La Firm, who's a, a brewery in Quebec. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, I just feel like it saisons keep coming up now. It, you're right. I forgot. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Um, but yeah, so I think it's cool. I like them. I, I yeah, I'm dig. I dig them. I think they're um, especially like when we were kind of going through that tasting, like something kind of similar to wine. When you get into these fruited saisons and stuff like that, I was kind of like appreciating the balance of acidity and appreciating fruit mm. and things like that in different ways. So yeah, I'm getting more interested in them. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like cool. Like even the, like even the city of this, you know, adding that, um, adding that barrel age stuff, you know, there are those like, you know, lactobacillus and all those things like on the go. So they're making it like a little bit more of that, like sour kind of vibe. So like maybe the pH is like a little bit lower because of those, those like aspects. And then, you know, when a pH is lower, it actually brings out a lot of like fruitiness in things. So, um, you know, or a lot of flavors and, and various things like that. Like when you, you know, squish a lemon on top of, you know, a piece of fish or like, or something, you're just like bringing out different flavors and things like that. Right. So, you know, lowering the acidity really brings out like fruitiness to me and like maybe a little bit of those spicy notes are like, like the black peppery kind of notes too which is indicative of that of that saison style so um yeah i think it's just like works really well together um the mix and in, in this like ratio too um but yeah saisons are like really cool in that like i'm gonna nerd out a bit about the saison history oh, because i think it's pretty cool and it's like <laughs> um so like saison comes from like the word like saisonnier which is like basically in the french part of belgium um, there's a lot of like, you know, farmstead breweries and things like that. Um, so people would brew, you know, their own beer on their property, um, you know, use use the local wild yeast or whatever it was. You know, there's all these different strains and all these different farmsteads. Um, but, you know, Saison was actually uh, a lot lower uh, of a alcoholic beer. So it was like, you know, 3%, things like that. So it was more of, you know, that more of that table beer style. And it was given to um, the saisonniers, which were the summer workers on the farm. 
So it was, you know, given to them so that they didn't get, you know, super intoxicated while they <laughs> were working. Um, you know, beer, you know, more, more safe than water in some places, but also um, as part of, you know, their wages too and things like that. So um, the style has gone from like, you know, really, you know, I, I can't imagine what that beer would taste like. I have no idea. Like some of the earlier beers must have been really interesting, but kind of cool. Yeah. Right. But like no, no temperature control, things like that. I mean, for this style, it's fine. Like, you know, you do want to do it a little bit warmer because it is, um, you know, really brings out those fruity and those phenolic notes. Um, for this style but yeah it was like really low abv now you'll see them you know obviously a lot higher um i was like this one is six percent this guy yeah. but yeah usually yeah usually you see it around like yeah way back we see around three but yeah the saison came from saisonnier because the saison is like season like the seasonal workers like so it's really kind of cool like a lot of these different like histories of the style and where they came from and how they've evolved over the years and like you know what we do to them when we throw a bunch of barrels and random things in them so <laughs> it's kind of cool but um yeah so yeast in general is like super super fascinating so obviously um uh single cell uh, fungal organism. Um, and basically there are two main categories on the clean side. So lager style and, uh, so lager yeast. Um, so, um, cold fermenting. Uh, no, so, yeah. Cold fermenting. Yeah. So lager top, right. So, so lager is bottom fermenting. Uh -huh. Um, and it is, um, so it's Saccharomyces, um, pastorianus. And then, Ale yeast is Saccharomyces cerevisiae, so that is our top fermenting. So lager yeast, you do um, more in the range of like 10 to 12 degrees Celsius. Um, so like low, low and slow, because <laughs> um, you do want it to be like crisp and clean and like a very clean profile. You don't really want in your lagers, you don't want the yeast providing much to the lager. You want it to be usually a malt forward product, right? So you want to let the, the yeast in that beer really needs to be more subtle. Then um, you're looking at ales and ales are, there's a huge range. Like the Saison is an ale, the IPA is an ale, a stout, like a stout is an ale. Like there's so many different things and there's so many different strains of alias. Like if you go on like Escarpment's uh, website and just like look at all the alias and all the different flavors that can contribute and like how you manipulate it, like it is a living organism. Uh-oh, we froze. We froze. We're just here, sitting here and yamming on two row. We're just eating so many. It's fucking so awesome. Zero, it's so funny. Yo, Hello. Hello. Are you we got eating you back. <laughs> I know. You guys are snacking. I love this. Um, I wonder if the sound's coming through. I hope it's not. Sorry. I just keep trying to back away. I'm Same. Like, so I want no. to be like. <laughs> the crunchiness. Like, crunch. Crunch, crunch, crunch. crunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, yeast is like a living organism. It's affected by the environment it's in. So depending on what yeast strain you're using, you want to manipulate it in different ways. So you can, you know, pitch at a certain temperature, if you like, if colder, if you want it to not have that much effect, like warmer temperatures, if you want it to come up with like various, um, you know, byproducts of fermentation that are going to cause esters or phenolics or things like that, that you want in certain styles. So like the Saison, like a Hefeweizen, you want that bubble gummy kind of note, you want that clove note, right? So yes. these are the various things that you can like manipulate in that way. So there's such a range of ale yeast you can use, which is really, really fun. Um, so you can just kind of uh, play with different flavor profiles and that alone. So like this saison is two row wheat and then dextrose for somebody. And honestly, it's super simple, right? Like it's like, 
okay, we've got bready notes <laughs> pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. So the bass layer is very um, plain. The pops in this are, you know, we, we use the Centennial for bittering like most of the other uh, beers, but then it's also the Saphir hops. So those Saphir hops that we tasted earlier. So, oh. or we, we did not taste them. Sense. We smelled them. <laughs> don't eat them. <laughs> You'll not, we'll be able to taste forever. But um, that we smell for because we don't, we don't want, we don't want those, you know, big powerful hops that we saw in the IPA. We want those kind of like German Czech, like spicy herbal, because what do we see from a yeast strain? The, the, yeast, the, the old world says all yeast strain kind of like those spicy fruity notes, right? So spicy or both spicy fruity kind of like blend together nicely. So you do want to kind of mimic those styles and not anything that's totally off-putting. Like you would never put like a mango forward hop in something like this, right? So, um, I mean, maybe you would. Some people are putting all kinds of stuff in all the different things, but yes, if you're thinking right, yeah. about the, 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 the classic, the more classic <laughs> of styles, you wouldn't. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, so there is a lot of like really cool things that we can play with in just yeast alone. Like having the same malt bill as like, you know, the, the Lincoln lager, but then like playing with all kinds of funky yeast, you can create like a bazillion different beers. Like it's really, really cool. So those are like the two basic, like clean yeasts that we use. And then of okay. course there's like, there's, um, you know, Brett, Brett, Brettanomyces, which is the wild yeast. Um, and even in that, there's so many different kinds of strains of that. And like, I made like an all Brett beer. I think it was, I used, I'm trying to remember back, Brett, I think it is. Um, and it was basically just like pineapple and like really beautiful fruity notes. And then you can use like a different kind of Brett and it's going to be like that barnyard horse blanket leathery kind of right. So there's like so many, even within like certain styles, there's so many different within certain strains, there's so many different like strains of the strain. <laughs> so you can really just like go to town. And then I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Kvike. But like mm -hmm. that was like yeah, the yep. huge rage, right? Like for a couple of years. As brewers, you're going to Yeah. But going to school for like, you know, basically treating yeast like a little diva and being like, what do you need, honey? What do you like? You know, what temperature yeah. do you like? Da da da. And then all of a sudden being like, oh, let's just crank up the temperature and who cares about this? We don't need this and that. And like learning all about like what Kavai could do and like how fast you can like clean ferment something with no byproducts was like mind blowing for us brewers who like uh oh, froze again. I imagine that'd be pretty funny to um to like do all that in school and like test all the different styles. I never really thought about how they show you. Mm -hmm. They probably get you to brew with everything. Um, you know. Yeah, I would think so. I'm just also thinking about everybody who has to test all these different things in order to get to this place. This shit have happened over hundreds and yeah. maybe even thousands of years. Probably like, just talking about like, oh, you can't put these hops in the saison. You're really just messing this up and it's pointless now. Because now you had this many hops that you were used to putting in something else that you can't put in this or the style that you can't put in this. They probably figured that shit out like hundreds of years ago. Like for, for the traditional styles and the new stuff, it would have been like, like how did haze come about? And how do they figure out? Obviously, the Vermont IPAs. Well, the oats for sure seem like part of it. But that's why we need to have, um, I want to have uh, John from Alchemist on. Yeah. Oh, wow. Fully dropped off. She'll call back. Yeah. Um, to like learn, you know, arguably he, they did the first one. So I'm like, what happened? How, the, why did, where did Hedy Topper come from? Where did Focal mm -hmm. Banger come from? Why, why did you do that? Why yeah. did you take an American IPA, which is already a new style and then be like, fuck it. We're going to not clarify it. Like what happened yeah. there? And what, you know, how did you think about, yeah, keeping those flavors in? 
And then how did it go from there to like whatever? I don't know who was next, but I imagine like Trillium or Treehouse. That's my guess. Um, No one's really been able to tell me the history. I'm trying to like piece it together slowly through the pod and through the conversations. I figured out who did the first and second New England IPAs in Ontario so far. But I want to know more about the history in general. Was it that Barcat? Barcat was the first, mm-hmm. which is why I rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, it's even sad. And the second was sold us with juices. And even they called it, Sam said the other day when we went and brewed the collab, he said uh, it was a, uh, oh, Barrington's got a little treat. He said it was a, um, uh, it's supposed to be Vermont IPA. And then when oh, I drank it, I'm like, I could kind of see yeah. that, to be yeah. honest, because it's like peach juice and it's not like that full murky thing. And it just, mm. it just tastes like peaches. Yeah. So, um, should we text her? Yeah, maybe we could text her and just be like, "Hey, just call back. We're still here." I mean, we're we're in the home stretch anyway, mm-hmm. but um, it's great. Yo, honestly. Okay, listen. Someone needs to just start selling two roll in little packages for you to eat while you're at a brewery. I wonder if people could like make it delicious. Yeah, but you have a ton of calories of sugar. I need to look them up. Yeah, I wonder how many we've eaten. It's fucking great. Not half a cup even. No, no, no. Half a yeah. cup. No. I mean, like, you Most get, like, two eight at a time. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm like, eating three to four at a time. But I'm a bit of a pig. Guys, two row. Let's take Kim. Right? Okay, so. I wonder if some of these are happy accidents that happen with the the kind of beers that go, for, like, say, like, even to interview John, for example. Okay. I wonder if some things happen and they're just like, oh. This is awesome. Like coconut rice. I don't know. Like maybe you weren't going to, maybe you put coconut in instead of something else and then it ended up being amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so Tim, Kim said her internet is down. So should we just maybe pause the pod for a sec and we'll yeah, come back rather than just keep it dragging? All right, guys. We'll grab Kim when she's got a thing. We'll be back in a sec. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are back, y'all. So. Kim, we were talking about mm-hmm. uh, the specific different strains of Brett, if we're not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general, I think, just sort of speaking to the to what's, you know, what which different types of yeast, you know, I maybe mean, I think specifically you were saying like on the funk side, like you know, there's a stand, like ale yeast, lager yeast that are both sort of different, and there's variations within that, of course, particularly like you know, like the foggy London that a lot of people use for the for the haze and stuff like that. Than the the funky stuff, which is way more complex, complex and uh, and deep, I guess. Yeah, definitely. There's, uh, I mean, there's there's good bacteria and bad bacteria too. So that's, that's the fun true. thing that we always get to learn. We always get to learn about sometimes, not in the best way, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, there's a lot of like really fun off flavors that come uh, out of certain uh, of those, like you know, baby vomit and various things one. like vin. Then oh no from oh it was from it was a big brewery in the states but we're at a small pony and it wasn't small ponies beers but it was um I think it was Cascade oh no ah oh, I wish it wasn't them but it was Allagash and I'm it was like that I didn't they just busted it out and it was just shit happens it's okay like uh, you you're gonna yeah. you can't bat a thousand like uh yeah the whole thing it was just we never experienced that off flavor before and it was Awful. like whoa wow. I was like oh. No, <laughs> this can happen. Yeah. It's and obviously that specific bottle, most likely, maybe a part of that batch. But uh, goddamn, baby vomit is a. <laughs> it's, it's a rough the worst one. one. It's oh. a rough one. Do you think it it's the worst? One? Uh, for me personally, like 
you know, we always have this like debate where you're like, are you, can you handle poo or vomit? You know? And I'm definitely like poo over vomit, you know? Any day, any day. I cannot. Oh, the vomit, the stomach acid vibe. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I just can't. There's the clip. I really can't. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy! Yeah, well, I'm with you on that one. Video Who of that woman? <laughs> you know what? I think when you have like either a kid or a dog, you're just picking up poo. Yeah. So like you get used oh, to it, and it's not a big deal. But the vomit is yeah, like, ah. it's not a good, no, no, no. Even just talking about it, uh, let's like stays forever. Yeah, let's move on, and we're moving on. Let's uh, <laughs> <laughs> relax. But I mean, yeah, there's like I mean some really cool things where like you know we use like acetic is like acetic acid, like the vinegary kind of notes, like in some of the like yeast or the, you know, the bacteria that we're looking at, um, you know, is, is bad in a lot of different ways. But then if you're making like a Flanders, like you want it. So like, there's a lot of different, like funny, you know, off flavors where, you know, like Rolling Rock has a little bit of DMS in it and that's good. That's to style. Right. So there's just like so many things like within these various, you know, off flavors or something like DMS is is like more of a malt off flavor, but like in terms of like yeast um, off flavors and the things that, you know, are byproducts of the yeast, of the yeast fermentation is like, you know, sometimes they're favorable, sometimes they're not, but you know, baby vomits is never favorable. So, you know, we just don't want that one. No hard pass. No, um, <laughs> aggressive. Pass. So it is, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a wild yeast world. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of, there's honestly endless opportunity with, with all these different ingredients and, and yeast, I think is just because, you know, my background in like bio, I feel like I just have like an affinity towards it. And like the fact that it's a living organism that we have to take care of nurture, it is what creates alcohol without it. We would not have our delicious beverage of beer. Um, so yeah, it's just really kind of fascinating. Um, the, the different, um, flavor profiles and aromas that it, that it can give and the millions of styles that it can, uh, that create. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. When so he I, went to Casey Brewing, didn't we talk about him playing like music to the yeast or something? I think he might. Oh, talking about that to like because of what you said, like the living organism part of it, and I was like, I don't know, I think that's pretty cool. And I, I swear I've heard. I don't know if it was a brew, like it makes good sense. memory. It feels right. I yeah. Know. I, was like, yeah I, don't know. I don't know if it's on the pod, but I or I've heard like just anecdotes that like if you play like people tested and you could play like say Kendrick Lamar or like classical music or like metal to mm. different different genres to the yeast and it responds differently and i don't oh recall which one did i don't know if there's like one that was superior or whatever but like the music that you played it yeah yeah because um, if you think about plants if you do certain things to plants if you speak to them oh right, yeah done that it, you know so it's like you would technically be affecting and impacting it i think that's cool yeah that's a good point yeah yeah i mean that is, is true right right yeah all day it reminds me of like when you're in your in university or whatever like in school and we're like if you listen to mozart and like classical music your neurons are firing way faster so you're going to be able to study better blah blah blah, all this stuff like you know i tried it (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean i'm like hell no 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 I mean, the fact that I was cramming for my exam the night before probably didn't factor yeah, in. I could got not enough classical music in the world yeah. to help me. But yeah, um, <laughs> every time. That was me every time. Yeah. 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 You know how it goes, right? guys. I envy. Who yeah. are those people? Who just actually study ahead? It was like when you get the thing and you just start doing it right away. Like, 
Like, how do you not be like, oh, okay, it's due on the 16th. Awesome. I'll start on the 13th in your mind or 14th. And then you start on the 15th of the night or something like that. Or the... Yeah, it's and usually the way the it goes. People who are like, oh, yeah. Like, a month oh, before or something. Immediately and yeah. things like that. Yeah. What a, what a... Hell no. No. I do my best work under pressure. So, you know, Same. that's... Uh... <laughs> Like yeah. yeah, I feel like that's what it is. You just because when you not got no choice, you're gonna perform. Yeah. But if you have a choice, you know. Yeah, and you might do a bit more yeah. lackluster. Yeah, I like to think that. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. Unlike yeast, they always perform. There you go. They, yeah, always. they don't like to be under pressure too. So yeah, that's, no, there uh... you go. Completely <laughs> opposite. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. We are the opposite of yeast. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like this is like being really cool. And we're going to touch on one more thing before we wrap up. But this is really cool. I feel like we really like summarize the three key ingredients aside from water of beer and the you know, whilst we're just constantly yamming on the two row here. Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. (laughs) I'm actually almost like kind of full. Yeah, I feel like it's a nice. I feel like, like we ate a bunch of, on top of the liquid carbs we're, we're drinking. Yeah. But it's like, this is great, Kim. This, thank you so much for, for going through all of this stuff. This is um, this has been fascinating. Like we were sort of saying briefly off air, like the, or in that, in that pause, just like, it's cool to have that refresher. As much as you think you know about beer and, you, and maybe you do know, it's always good to just have, because there's a bunch of things I picked up tonight that, some of them I never heard before, so it was brand new lessons, and some of it I'd had heard before, but maybe hadn't thought about it for a while. You know, learned different tasting methods and stuff that I wasn't familiar with. Um, and I feel like there's like you know, not everyone. There could be mostly, I think, in beer is most people, aside from the industry folks, would probably just drink a lot of beer and think about it and talk about it with people, but not really have this proper like you know techniques and like really like sit here and chew on the malt and rub some hops while you think you know thinking about it. It's um, it's a cool experience. So whilst we couldn't provide the the uh, actual physical experience to everybody, hopefully that. Uh, I know. I'm sure if you pop down to your local brewery, can I get like half a cup of two row? I'm sure they wouldn't mind to snack on that slap you a little bit put it in a bowl (laughs) on the tables you know uh, yeah instead of nuts on the table we just have like little barley mouths for you to snack on yeah yeah i would order that like in a second and it would cost them nothing (laughs) oh yeah it's a great idea uh, yeah i just um you know i i really there's so many different beer styles there's so many different things you know you go to a you know a you know beer fridge or go to a bar like a beer bar and you're just like what the heck are all these styles and you really just it can be quite overwhelming and quite intimidating so you know breaking it down to like the elements of what a beer is you know it is only four ingredients unless you're throwing you know adjuncts and fruits and all those things in it but it really is just you know four main ingredients and you know, if you break it down to those, it doesn't seem as intimidating if you can kind of see where those flavor profiles are coming from. So, um, yeah, that's just something that like I always read read to my students when they were like, well, there's so many things I have to memorize in this. And I'm like, okay, well, what flavors are you tasting? Like, what do you think? Like, these are the different malts that we are using here. Like, what does that actually look like? Um, you know, breaking a, a food dish down to its elements and saying like, okay, these all flavors, you know, are built to make this dish kind of thing. Right. So mm. um, hopefully it's like bite size, bite size information to create, you know, a bigger picture beer style kind of thing. So hopefully makes it a little bit more approachable for folks. Yes. I think that's what you achieved this evening. Um, exactly right. And hopefully, you know, whether, you, yeah, once again, whether you're newer or whether you're more experienced, I think that was something for everyone to, to take out of this one. So the last thing we want to touch on, there was something a bit of like a, um, something we had in common. When you were at Mill Street, you brewed a beer that were, can you explain the beer? I don't want to mess it up, but you did something yeah. that aligns with the link up side of stuff that, that we're doing here. Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
it was kind of like in that like phantasm craze where everybody was trying to get their hands on phantasm mm-hmm. we saw like that come wasn't out that long ago. Of, a couple years ago right yeah i know yeah it was like last, last year? year i think it was last year we made the beer yeah it was last year Dope. uh last fall so um you know we we really uh we wanted to do a uh, women-led project at Mill Street in conjunction with this uh, Spirit of Inclusion initiative that the LSBO was doing. So um, we created a uh, we created a beer style, and I, we wanted to be the first we wanted to be the first brewery to have a Phantasm beer in the IPA in the LSBO. Um, so, and I wanted it to be um, an IPA style because there is also like a lot of, um, you know, misinformation about women not liking hoppy IPA styles or, um, hot forward beers. So I definitely wanted to be that. Um, I also wanted to kind of work with an ingredient I've never worked with so I could problem solve. That's one of my biggest, like, I love to problem solve. I mean, I'm in planning after all for brewing. So problem solving is my job. Um, so, um, I did really love that piece. So I got to create the recipe, which was, which was great. And then um, every department at Mill Street had um, uh, like a woman as part of the team. So we basically, it was a woman only led project. So, you know, a, women brewers, women in the, in the QC lab, our microbiologist was a woman, our packaging lead, our like various different uh, individuals. So we all came together and we kind of problem solved a lot of different things that we had to with this integration of Phantasm. So for those that don't know, like um, Phantasm is basically like, um, it was like white wine. Um, it was like Sauvignon Blanc, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like the, pow- it was like the skins of the grapes from wine after they crush it. Mm-hmm. And then they, and then they make it into powder. So then we add that into the beer. So it gives it a little bit, uh, they have these things like, like, um, called, th- uh, thiols. Um, and basically the thiols are going to have like really bright, beautiful, like fruity aromas. And it kind of enhances that in the beer. So we wanted to make a New England style IPA with this added like thiol charge um, to make it just really over the top fruity and and delicious. So the fun part about that is that uh, these grape skin powder comes with a lot of micro. um, So a lot of bacteria and yeast on it. Um, So when we integrate that into a commercial brewery, we had to think of a lot of different ways in which we could uh, minimize the risk. So, um, there's a lot of problem solving, a lot of different cool things that we had to work on, uh, there. Um, and the really cool piece of it all, um, was that we named it one in 12. So one in 12 is the statistic of women in the beer industry. So one in 12 Mm. people that work in the industry are women and even less of those women are, uh, from the BIPOC community. So as part of the spirit inclusion initiative, we actually, um, partial, uh, it's like, partial proceeds of the beer sales went to fund a scholarship to Niagara College for the brewing program for BIPOC women to attend. So it was very, very cool. And then um, I, and then there was a, a mentorship piece as well. So, so uh, we got to mentor someone from, uh, from the program as well, a woman in the program. Um, so there was a, it was a multiple of levels and it was very like near and dear to my heart because I was an alumnus and I was a woman mm-hmm. and obviously in that, in that program, I was one of three in my semester, you know, so there's, it was, it was not, there weren't a ton of women, wasn't a ton of women representation in um, my semester, but I, you know, you really did see that grow even after I was there. And I really want to see that continue to grow. And also like individuals from the BIPOC community, because, you know, a bunch of white folks making beer is not going to make our industry grow. 
and we're not going to be, you know, there's not going to be any, um, you know, diversity or, or a diversity of thought. And, and, and really that is quite important to me. Um, you know, I have chosen where I have worked based on the diversity that is at the companies. I, you know, started at Junction. I was starting with a head brewer who was a woman. I then moved to Mill Street where um, our, in the brewing department, it was just uh, three women uh, leading the, the brewing, like head of brewing department. So the brewmaster, the brewmaster assistant, and myself were all women. And oh, then at, cool. and then now at Bench, uh, the operations team is, <clears> if <throat> not, if not exactly, very, very close to 50% women. Uh, so operations is com- is completely like 50-50, which is just awesome. And, and definitely something as a woman in the industry, I look for in a workplace because, you know, I have, you know, like most women have an experience like little little things <laughs> in different areas where you, you don't necessarily feel welcome or, you know, that you're valued and things like that. So, you know, you find the places where, you know, women are, are, are bringing each other up and um and that's definitely what i've seen in a, a lot of the various women i've worked with and i bring that i want to bring that energy to other folks as well so it's definitely very very important to myself that's dope yeah i love hearing that um and the, the great thing about i guess is that i love that you got that in the lcbo so it was the first phantasm beer in the lcbo in the end yeah it was, was yeah oh, yeah it was awesome there. Right, making it happen. <laughs> right? Making it happen. That is yeah, very cool, though. That's very cool, and I love to hear that mm-hmm. about in all the places that you've worked. That that has been something that has even been there for you to like seek out and be like, "Awesome! Like this is where I can you know, connect with people more yeah. like me." And I love that. I like the term diversity of thought too, because yes. that's something that we always talk about. Like the one we always bring up is the uh, the thing with H and M, with the the shirt with the the monkey on it. And um, if people don't know about that, you should definitely Google it. But if there was anybody that wasn't a white person on that board to, to approve it, they wouldn't have. And I think that comes across in beer. There's a lot of problematic shit that we see in beer. That like, Or if you just had one person that just from some other background for that diversity of thought to be like, hey guys, just so you know, like, you know, in some cultures, this could be considered offensive. And obviously in beer, nobody wants to be unwelcoming. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. I was gonna switch out the camera battery. Look, oh wow, that's a good freeze right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow, let's change that quick. I, it'll disappear. <laughs> in a there you go. Um, oh, there you go. Now let's hey, recharge. The lights on you. Now. Look at that. It's all Kim. Look at that, Kim. It's all you. <laughs> <laughs> some dance moves. Yeah, do it up. Go nuts. Oh, I'm Ready? like showing my age. I'm like, what are the cool kids doing? Twerking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, lawnmower. Yes. <laughs> oh boy oh, oh boy. the kids could never yeah. oh, the kids would goodness. never understand no i'm just so happy that all the things that we did the tiktok and all these things didn't exist and so they're just with us you know it's just with yeah i'm so grateful forever we won also our dances were way <laughs> more i guess appropriate and normal and wholesome and stuff so yeah, the oh, kids. 100%. I feel bad for the kids, honestly. Yeah. Like yeah. they got uh, as much as we make could clown them or whatever. It's not their fault. Like yeah. that they came into this. So yeah, you got to make mm-hmm. fun. But the yeah, the diversity of thought I think is really important. Obviously, if most people in beer are white dudes with beers, is what we always say. Um, clearly now, like you were basically pointing out, it seems like gender is getting closer and closer to fifty percent, which is phenomenal. Um, as far as I think, I think it's important. I feel like women are more level headed and make better decisions as a whole. I would, I would argue. Better, um, yeah. I don't know, at least in my relationships, the women I know are like, yeah, maybe I know a lot better. of strong women who are just smart and just yeah. do shit. 
But I feel like I'm the one who loses. I lose my shit. Like she keeps everything calm. So I mean, like you know, it's a, <laughs> it's 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 great. But I also then the diversity side obviously is is really important. So I love that you guys made a scholarship for Niagara College, and then it link up within the last few weeks. We did the same thing. We haven't we haven't really publicized mm-hmm. it yet. So that's why I wanted to bring it up in to sort of complement what when you were saying. When this episode comes out, it'll be announced. That's true because yeah. this is actually coming out next week. This is yeah. super quick right now. The um. Uh, the scholarship. So we did a five thousand dollars scholarship for the brew, the same probably the same program you did. It's called Brewing and Brewery Operations. There you go. Um, the Brewing Program for the first year student for this semester. Um, a BIPOC individual doesn't ha- the gender doesn't isn't specific because that's not what Link Up is for. It's just more the diversity side, and then we'll follow that up obviously with helping them through the process of um, you know, once they finish the course, getting a job and potentially putting them in touch with some of our partners and see who's got openings and uh, any additional mentorship and things like that. So it's cool that I just feel like there's a lot of people who maybe just need a little bit of assistance to get through, particularly from different communities. Like we never want anyone to feel unwelcome, but imagine if, you know, Tiff, you've obviously been the only one in the room before. So imagine going to the brewing school, just maybe like like you said as well, Kim. You were one of three women in the class, so there's like the gender side, and then there's a like the thing like the culture, and you're just like, oh, if I'm the only one that's I don't look like everybody else, I'm, am I welcome here? Do they are they going to be cool? And like you want to make sure that people feel welcome because that diversity of thought it all really comes back to that. Whether it's a management side to make wiser decisions and be like, hey, you know what? There's no one of color of this brewery. Probably shouldn't put Biggie on the can again. Um, that people keep doing. And then, or, or even just as simple as like recipe design, be like, hey, my grandma makes these sick desserts. Maybe we can make a dessert stout that has these ingredients that typically never done before. Then all of a sudden, the community gets more interesting beer. Or if the, like Merit is one of the best examples of that because yeah. they got a black brew and they got a lot of diverse stuff. So they do like, you know, like, um, what was the Jamaican stout? They did the rum, the coconut yeah, rum cake stout. The rum cake stout. Um, they did a sour day <clears throat> sour i thought that was the stout no mm-hmm. oh okay and then in the end it also goes spills into their food and all these types of things because yeah. like the co-owners indian and yeah it just shows it's like diversity at so many levels just contributes to a more interesting product um and then there's more interesting marketing it's just yeah key at all levels and and we want craft beer to grow and yeah. i don't know if all the kids are drinking much beer these days and like obviously we don't encourage alcoholism or anything seltzers. yeah Oh, wow, she's oh. frozen. I was oh, like, I her face didn't change. I thought she was just concentrating. Uh, it's all good. No problem. All right, we'll just wrap it up. I was yeah, just yapping just anyway. Yapping. I was just, just ranting. Yeah. Anyways, it's it's fucking cool. I like We like hearing it. It's, uh, it's dope. Do you want to come up? Do you want to say hi, Barrington? You want to say hi? Want to say hi to the people, Dem? Oh, it's Barrington. I don't know if you guys have seen Barrington for a while. Hey, Bear. Hey, Bear. Got anything to say to the mandem? <laughs> What's your favorite style, Bear? This is terrible for audio. Yeah. We have a dog here, guys. Sorry There's for the audio. There's a small, very, very box. cute, highly cute Smelling puppy. The tuba. Yes, he wants some too. He was not too much of a fan of, though. No. I wonder, can he, uh, he probably could eat hops. Uh, he's probably not supposed no, to eat uh, hops. No, it's toxic. Toxic? Hops are toxic. Yeah. You checked? Yeah. Okay. So Apparently, we, there's like a whole page about like brewers being like, my dog ate. Oh no! And hot poisoning and stuff like that. Ugh! Like that. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, okay, yeah, so let's not it do sucks, that. It sucks if you're home brewing. You gotta keep your dog like. I guess locked you away. Keep them out anyways. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. here's Kim. Should like. Okay, there he is. The there prince. he is. We bought. We're like, you want to say bye to Auntie Kim before we uh thing? 
Oh, Hello? yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, guys. I don't know what's going on with my internet. No, you're good. Yeah. I was just ranting Tech anyway. Habits. Exactly. We're, we were basically <laughs> wrapping up. So either way, really cool to hear. Um, this has been really, once again, thank you so much for hanging out and for, for going to the trouble to do all this. It was great to meet you in person as well, which we I wish we did more often for the pods. It doesn't always happen. I feel like it's cool to connect uh, a little more beforehand and just like having this like sort of 3d approach to it obviously we do have that with the beer always but just the additional thing with the ingredients like this was fun yeah really fun um you know and hopefully the and i imagine they will because you know i i speak to uh, tiff joins me a lot but i speak to a lot of very smart people in the industry about this stuff and i think about it a lot and talk, talk about it a lot, lot. well that's fair. <laughs> I was trying to be inclusive. Yeah, you know the vibes. We talk about it. You hear me. I tell you shit, and you're just like, okay, okay. hey, babe, this. And you're like, cool, cool. (laughs) Um, But no, it's really cool. I think it's just really cool. And I feel like, once again, there's something for for everybody here, regardless of the level of beer that you're at. I feel like you probably had to take something from it. And, you know, if at the very least be reminded of something that, you know, that you you know. Um, But no, this is awesome, Kim. Thank you so much for for taking the time. This has been very, very good. Cool. Appreciate yeah, you. thanks. Thanks for having me. It was nice it, to meet you officially after yes. years of following you on online. Now right. I'm not, and now we're like officially friends? Question mark. I'm mean, not so much in stock. I can say we're friends now. <laughs> no, we got, we, we're texting, well, so let's you know, let's mates yeah. in where I'm from. Barrington is my new best friend. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Remember, Bear? Oh, hey, look, Bear! Look, look! It's funny trying to get um, puppies to look at screens. I don't think they. I know. I guess right? they understand. Did you like do like fast movements? You're like, what? Yeah, exactly. What's going on there, Bear? What's going on, buddy? Yeah, we yeah. were like on Zoom Get a ball. Our dogs being like, say hi to each other for like yeah. three minutes. And we're like, Stop. They were not having it. They I know. Oh my God. It's, it's out of control. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Where can everyone find you online if if you want to be found online? Because maybe you don't. Uh-huh. Do, do I want to be found? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, I'm poorly active on instagram these days but um my handle is adventures in brewing adventures underscore in underscore brewing i started this account when i was like in brewing school and it's kind of like spattered with a bunch of uh different cool beer stuff so um i post uh, not as regular as some folks but if you yeah if you want to chat more about beer i love talking about beer as you can tell so <laughs> and are you show. available if, if anyone wanted to hire you whether it's like a bar a restaurant something like that um and wanted to like get you to sort of do a beer education thing whether it's yourself or in conjunction with michelle or something like as a freelance is that a thing does that yeah yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely something you know would be would be interesting. I mean, I, I love to educate, so it's not part of my current role. So yeah, if it was definitely um, of interest, I could definitely check my busy schedule and make myself available. <laughs> <laughs> love to see it. Um, let's take the screenshot here, even though now our thumbnails are different. But I take the screenshot because I use it's it for other things. Yeah, I do as a backup, but I also use it for other things. Okay, do you want to hold? Um, I'm gonna take a screenshot here. So do you want to hold up uh, a can or beer uh, can? Yeah, beer can, whatever, whatever tickles your pickle. <laughs> All right, you ready? Stunning. I'm gonna wrap this up. So just stick around uh, after we finish, and we'll we'll wrap up off air. But once again, Kim, thank you so much for for hanging out and for for doing this. This was super fun. 
Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell Ding. so you know when the new drops. Follow us everywhere at BOS Podcast and check out the long form audio so you can hear wonderful individuals like Kim talk about craft beer every week. We drop every Wednesday, morning for the pod, for the audio and evening for the video. Guys, we'll see you in the next one. Get it in you.